Welcome to the Zero Cool Podcast. Uh, a couple of things before we get started. Uh, just wanted to remind you, we now are starting a Patreon account. Uh, as of last night, I started recording my live sets. I'll be uploading those and former uh, sets of mine as well and stuff that I put up on Mixcloud and other exclusive content, uh, mostly devoted to uh, DJing and uh, to this podcast. Uh, most of your uh, your monthly subscription will go to paying uh, our producer, Randon, and uh, pro basically covering my bar tab for this thing. So uh, please like and check it out. It's uh, I believe we have the barcode uh, somewhere around this area right here. Right, Randon? Uh, other side, right here. All right, thanks. Also, speaking of brothers, if you were there last night, thank you for coming out. Last night was amazing. Uh, like I said, I recorded last night's set, and I'll be uploading that to the Patreon account later today. Also, don't forget, two weeks from now, UFC 262, Oliveira versus Chandler and Edwards versus Diaz. Uh, make sure you come join us at Brothers for that. I'll be hosting the party once again. Uh, also, if you have yet to download and check out the Jägermeister Behind the Shot Mix that I released for Jägermeister, be sure to check it out. Once again, another barcode graphic should be right here. Close enough. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. And last but certainly not least, he'll be on the podcast in about two weeks. Uh, if you're looking for personal training, make sure you hit up our good friend Chicago Nick uh, over at Shadow Personal Train, located 2618 Halstead Avenue in Chicago, Illinois. He is one of the best guys. Is that my... Where's my phone? I just realized that's my, uh, that's my heat system or my air conditioning. So that comes through. But uh, make sure you check out uh, Chicago Nick down in Chicago. Obviously, lives in Chicago, whatever. That was the air kicking back on. Chicago Nick lives in Chicago. Wow. Yeah, weird. Anyway, sorry, I was uh, I was trying to turn that off at the same time. Joining us on the podcast, the first guest to make their uh, return visit, Leland and uh, Cassidy. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Good to be back. Good to be back. I saw yeah. you. I saw Feeling you a lot better this time. <laughs> I saw you're out on the bike today. Were you down at Bradford? Oh hell yeah! Let me tell everybody. Oh, good looking people everywhere, dimes everywhere, people are having fun, the city is back to life, oh, fell in love with Milwaukee all over again today. Dude, it's gotta suck being out in the burbs, I do gotta fucking bust your balls for that one. Uh, it's alright, all right. it has it, it has it's, 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 it has it's, it's good. Okay. I needed to grow up a little bit. Ah, oh, no worries, no worries. So. Did you uh? We'll kick off right right into this. Did you check out the uh the riot videos out in Manchester today? No, I did not. Okay, so Liverpool United were supposed to play today. I was up early to to catch the game, and as I'm like kind of just hanging out with Oz, like we go out for a walk, come back in, and uh, NBC Sports is on, and I hear them interrupt the broadcast, and they're like, uh, "We have news coming out of man uh, out of Manchester. About 500 protesters stormed the pitch today, and we're we're." protesting they're like glazers out so on and so forth um gary neville got on afterwards and made some great points about how um between english football spanish football and what was the other team so it was spain spanish teams it was real Madri real madrid italian teams i don't think germany was involved but the fact that all these teams want to leave their leagues and uh want to leave all their leagues and uh, basically create a famine and all these uh, premier leagues or premierships that he was like, yeah, keep protesting. He's like, make it known that like all these people are, you know, all these, all these teams have, you know, broken your heart, so on and so forth. Oh, well, fuck Chelsea's broken my heart in more ways than one. Well, you guys be, <laughs> where'd you guys play Leicester on Saturday? You guys won two nil. 
That's good. I mean, now you got Mourinho out. You guys are actually still doing well. Uh, who was that kid that you guys just signed, midfielder? Um, not ah oh, shit. I'm trying to think of what his name is now. Oh, I'm drawing a yeah, blank. Your guess is as good as that. <laughs> <laughs> I unfortunately haven't been following too too much besides scores. Um, yeah, just one of those things. Uh, no worries, Cass. What's new with you, brother? Not much. Just back in town. Spent the last almost three weeks out on the road, out traveling, working, hunting. Nice, nice. You dropped a turkey the other day. I did Tuesday, my first one. So is that your? Is, are you turkey hunting now on a regular basis? Uh, yearly, yeah. I've been going for like the last four or five years, and oh, that's your first turkey you've dropped in four years. Yeah. Okay, nice. So is that bow or was that gun? Shotgun. Shotgun. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty weird being from a wild, wild place, and then going to complete serenity hunting in the middle of nowhere by yourself. It's it was like two drastic worlds. It was insane. Can you tell people what you did the last three weeks when you were working? I can get into a little bit. Oh yeah, that's right. Or at right. least give people a basis so they know like what what was wild, like what you're saying. That's right. I, I know what you it. did. Like if you watch the news and anything in Minnesota, and if you put very wild situations and apply them to Minneapolis, that's where I was. So okay. did you see wild shit? Oh yeah, I was in the middle of wild shit. I was not the one doing the wild shit. I was doing. I was working, but I was directly in the center of said wild shit. I mean, getting tear gassed and getting shot with rubber bullets and pepper balls and flashbangs. Yeah, I was there. I have so many questions. I don't even know what I can ask and what I can't ask. I'll just ask it, and then if you want to know, I'll tell you. If otherwise, I, I I won't. Okay, okay. So we'll we'll kind of make this the rule. You can you can just say next question or whatever you want to say. So number one, as far as your services go, were you on? the side of the protesters or were you on the side of law enforcement neither okay so were you protecting businesses or residential personal p i was protecting people protecting a crew of people that were a third party to those two parties you mentioned and what's really weird because usually we will get like special treatment from one side and the Mm -hmm. other side kind of doesn't really care for us Mm-hmm. But this time was the opposite, where the one side they were give us normal, like, let us slide on shit. Mm-hmm. This time they're like, nope, they lumped us in with everybody else. So we kind of had to be like. So what are you saying, folks, is the police did not like them? I'll just fill in the blank. You don't have to answer. <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> yeah, F-I-F so fifth. We had, to, we had to make ourselves not stand out from everything else. So plain clothes, so on and so forth. Correct. So you were dressed in like Birkenstocks and like hipster clothes? Did you, were you carrying a bongo drum with your AR? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking hippie. Beating the war drum? <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a rough. It was a rough couple. Of, so that was that was in response to that woman that that shot that kid, right? Correct. So that what city was that again? That was like Brooklyn Center. I was gonna say I was like they had some weird fucking name like Brooklyn Center or some shit like Brooklyn that. Center. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you were out there for three weeks just running protection and shit? Two weeks. Two weeks? Almost two weeks, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Case, get your fucking Merc on, bro. (laughs) That's essentially what it was. You had to put all your political beliefs aside, all your moral beliefs aside, put everything out the window and just think of one thing, and that's making motherfucking money, baby. That's what I (laughs) said. Go operate. Go operate. That is straight. that's, That's like 
that's mercenary code right there, baby. Is everything put it put it aside and just make money. Dude, fuck my morals. Just pay me, bro. It's all about the <laughs> Fuck it. So is that with uh with Odin's now? Yeah. Now my, my group my company was subcontracted. Odin's group was subcontracted to a bigger company. So I mean, I guess the next question is, and again, I, you don't have to answer this if you can't, is that government or is that private sector? Private sector. Okay. All right, cool, man. Well, listen, number one, I'm glad that you're doing this because we you've talked about this for at least a year now where I'm like, cool. I'm like, you got this up and running, so on and so forth. It was weird to see now that you've taken, because the original plan that you had was you were going to be transporting money for different companies and shit like that. Yeah, that's still, that's still going to be my major, major hub for the business. Mm-hmm. But I'm waiting for some laws to change here in the state first. Yeah. As soon as they change, rock and roll. Fuck yeah, dude. You're going to be rolling up in an armored van, so on and so forth. <laughs> Just being like, grabbing, grabbing bags of money and get the fuck up. Be like, give me that bag. Dig it, man. Congratulations, dude. And again, oh, like yeah. anything that you can promote as far as like uh, people hiring your services, if there's a website or whatever, feel free to, to throw that out wherever. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's mostly, since it's still... The main hub, like I said, is still not ready to go yet. It'll all just be personal hires, just people that I know. Putting mm-hmm. shit out there on the web is not something that we're going to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this is not the place to advertise that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, congratulations. Um, I mean, like I said, it's been a long time coming for you. Um, it's a long... Uh, it's a far cry from where we've come from. Uh, I was just, I was talking about this a little bit off air. We were talking about the, (laughs) where we've come from, which we're going to get into tonight for sure. Listen, folks, if you got uh, if you got something you can crack open, I would suggest you put a six pack right next to your computer and uh, don't go anywhere. We got some stories coming your way. The first one I was thinking of is Cassie and I were talking about this off air about the old Trafford, old Trafford, um, Riots going on in, in Manchester, and the first thing I thought of, I was like, "Dude, I was like, do you remember when we stormed the pitch in Vegas?" So to set the scene for you, <coughs> we're out in Vegas. We're living out there a couple of years ago, and Cass hits me up, and he's like, "Hey, dude, he's like, I got tickets to go see the Sevens for rugby. Do you want to come with?" And I was like, "Fuck yeah, I want to go." I was like, "This is something we've always wanted to do," but it was always one of those that whenever we were out there, we just didn't have enough time to stick around and actually do it. Right. So we get out there, we meet Kane and uh, Grant. And we're hanging. I was really hoping it was an able. (laughs) So we're out there. We meet up with Kane and Grant, and we're drinking the entire time. We pregame. Then eventually we get in there. Um, 10 a.m. on a Sunday. Mind you, we're out till 4 a.m. Saturday night. Dude, I was shitting my fucking brains out the entire day from fucking Del Taco. But anyway. (laughs) Casey's got a Del Taco story. (laughs) Which one is that? Uh, I think when you had blood coming out in your stool because. You know, you got a bloody nose. You got a bloody nose from eating Del Taco. Really? Yeah. Where was I? Taking care of that bloody nose. Mm. (laughs) Well, I only eat Del Taco after I'm really wasted. So, I mean, I. Dude, any video of Del Taco and Cassie and I is like filmed at like 4 30 in the morning, Vegas time. Who eats French fries with tacos, man? Dude, it's the best, man. Drunk people. Anyway, so. We're uh, we're watching this game at some point in the afternoon. This game starts wrapping up. South Africa won whatever fucking game that we were watching. South Africa wins. They beat the New Zealand All Blacks. That's what it was. That's right. I remember that. So everyone, for whatever fucking reason, jumps over the gate and starts storming the pitch. There's at least a couple of thousand fans just roaming around out on the pitch. 
and we're going mental like we're taking video we're and all of a sudden out of nowhere everyone starts chanting usa and i look over at cassie i'm like didn't south africa just win and i was like what the i was like whatever so i think it was grant no it wasn't grant it was kane we're like kane do a hundred yard dash and he's like and now mind you he is drunk as shit he lines up in three-point stance takes two steps fucking eats it uh do you have the video up Randon, the producer. Oh, we got videos now? Oh, hell yeah, dude. Shit, this thing's come a long way since I was last. Dude, shout out to Wirecast, man. Okay. Here, go ahead with that video. Hey, this is, hey, Johnny Colo, how's that boat treating you? Right now, we got to give a shout out to big Clutch Colo, Meg, a.k.a. Clutch Colo Jr. Hey, Jimmy, where the fuck you at? My boy, Canner, about to do 100 yards. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Zero to 40, zero to 40. Flip 42, Colo on three. One, two, three, Colo. Oh, he made it two yards. Dunzo. So, so he eats it, and we're like, come on, dude, get up. And we just think that he's just fucking drunk. And he's like, uh-uh. We're like, dude, get up. He gets up, stands up for like a second, and fucking eats it again. I look at Cass. I was like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with this dude? Like, what the? F-? And we're like, we're trying to stand him up. And every time, he just fucking eats it. And finally, we're like, dude, what the fuck's going on? We're out there. We're like, he's just sitting down. And eventually a medic comes up and they're like, is he okay? And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's fine. He's fine. He, and he's just like, nope, not at all. So they take a look at his knee and they're like, yo, this knee's like blowing up. And we're like, oh, oh shit. They're like, do you guys have a way of taking him somewhere? Now, mind you, we've been drinking all fucking day. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, and I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't want this dude getting charged with, an, with like an ambulance bill. So I pull up my Cadillac up to the side of UNLV Stadium and we cart out Kane or excuse me. Yeah, we cart out Kane. They bring him out on a golf cart. We fucking take him off the gurney, put him in the back seat of the, of the car and we take him in. Are the pictures up? <laughs> is it, wait, is that video or is that? No, this is, these are pictures. So that's him coming off the gurney. <laughs> Bobby wants to know if the comment section's working. <laughs> oh, of course he does. Here, hold on. Let me pull that up. <laughs> He needs to be on an episode of this, by the way. Oh, there he is. Oh, poor Kaner. Look at him on the ground. He's smiling, though. <laughs> He's smiling. Bobby said Lee's glowing. This, all right, this picture is great because we, we're like, hey, I'm we got to get a, we gotta get a picture with the medical staff, right? So we get a picture of the medical staff. And then look who takes another photo. Is the USA Rugby Instagram put a photo of <laughs> fan gets hurt on field, fan gets picture with Sheriff's Department and medical staff. And it was... From the from the bleachers, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And there was a photo of Kane in the in the hospital, the jeans all cut up. Oh my god, that poor bastard. Fuck he he came there. rolling in there. We 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 jacked one of the one of the wheelchairs. He came rolling up there drinking a tall boy Miller Lite. He was filling out his paperwork, drinking tall boys Miller Lite in the, the in the ER. The hotel or hotel, the hospital staff fucking hated us. They're oh, like yeah. they're like, What are you drinking? I'm like a beer they're like you can't drink that in here i'm like i'm like let me just let me just finish this really quick and the, the nurse is trying to take it away from me i was like no 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 yeah that that was kane's surgery picture after he totally we just thought he was like just hammered so when i first saw that picture i totally thought it was something else no look at that no that's that's the knee that's afterwards. after wow yeah we don't know i don't know dude's got rockets in his shoes or something because that blew his leg apart he's like oh he's mr glass like one of the two dude <laughs> dude <laughs> Who the fuck put that thing on his head? <laughs> his, his rugby helmet? His yeah. cardboard one? I think the sheriff's department did that one. 
<laughs> yeah, that was a day. That poor guy. Do we have the one of, of us rolling him into the hospital? Uh, the, yeah. Yeah. With the beer? Oh, that was pretty good when we roll him past the, the trophy stage. Oh, that's hilarious. Wait, is that video? Or yeah, is oh, that... yeah, that's the video. Yeah! Dude, everyone's going nuts for him. Yeah! <laughs> oh, that's the best. Oh, goddamn. They, they shot him all up with that horse tranquilizers and stuff. Dude, and he... then he's just like, I gotta poop. <laughs> the nurse is like, okay, I'll help you. Dude, the nurses were like, like outside of the fact that you could just tell that they're completely fucking pissed at us, oh, that we were just completely shit. drunk degens in there. It was the middle of the day on a Sunday. Yeah. Oh, Bobby's just like, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I felt bad for Kane. He had to stay at home for like weeks on crutches. Oh, uh, Kyle from Madison. Oh, Kyle just gave us a shout out. He's like, uh, we should change some of the names and give a disclaimer. Don't try this at home. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, no, so, a cane so, is a fake name anyways. Yeah. Huh. I, I'm just agreeing. I didn't know. Yeah. No, it's a fake name. <laughs> oh, okay. That I didn't know. Like I, I thought that cause that's his, that's his IG handle. No, fake name. Okay. I got cat called today. It was fucking awesome. Like, I'm not saying, like, women should enjoy it, but I thoroughly enjoy getting catcalled today. All right, number uh, one. Two, like, the hottest Hispanic girls I've ever seen. And they were, like, 70, 72, 73, or no, I'd say legit probably, like, 27, 28. Oh, wait, they were Mexican? That's why. <laughs> What'd they say to you? So, what like, that dick do, baby? I was at a... <laughs> close. Oh. No, no, I was, like, at, like, a, we were at a stoplight, and I was, like, ahead of them on my bike, and I just heard, like... You're pretty. You're pretty. And I'm like, why am I getting called pretty? And I, so I didn't turn around. The girl's like, oh, I'm at hot. And I was like, turn around, thinking it's going to just be some like, uh, whatever. And I look and I was like, oh, shit. Like, these two girls are hot. And I was like, right back at you. And they like, did like this fake blush. And then I saw like one of the side mirrors was like smashed out. And I was like, oh, these girls are like trouble. So then I just ignored them for the rest of the time. But it was pretty cool to get cat called. Fucking Bobby's like, what did the guy look like? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking Bobby. Bobby texted me before this, and he's like, uh, he was like, I, I had these gummies I gave to him. And he's like, I warned him. I was like, look, I ate one of these, and I'm like, I fucking passed out for 12 hours. I was like, I was like, listen, don't eat a whole one of these. I'm, 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 I'm telling you. He's like, oh, I have a pretty good dollar and so on and so forth. Like, I'm a big guy. I'm like, you metabolize it through your liver. Totally different. But I'm like, whatever. He texts me. He's like. I'm eating a whole one, baby. I was like, shit, may God have mercy on your fucking soul. He's going to start fucking star tripping in like fucking. Oh, he just took it out? Yeah, he's going to start tripping in about a half hour. He's a star of death? <laughs> oh, close, dude. The fucking saucer of death. Okay. <laughs> What's your, wait, time out. What's your most fucked up time on fucking weed? Lee, you go first. Oh, so it was like one of the first times I smoked. I was in a buddy's basement and there was a, it was a big basement and there was an ashtray in the middle of the floor and I had to get to the other side of the room and instead of like just going around it really easy, I stood there for like 20 minutes trying to figure out how I was going to step over it. <laughs> pretty fucked up. Pretty yes. fucked up. Eating or smoking? Uh, either or, dude. Fuck it. Go both, dude. Go go both. Smoking was probably the day before Mifflin block party one time your buddy Robbie just mm-hmm. walking down the middle of the road just laughing at each other because he we were laughing. I don't know why he was laughing, but I was laughing at him. Um, and then eating was probably, I tried watching football, and I didn't understand how football worked. <laughs> mine, uh, 
Mine was actually with you when uh, we were out in Anaheim, and I had eaten a couple of edibles, and we went to that warehouse party after we had been partying in L.A. all night. Now, hold on. Let me kind of set the scene a little bit. So I took a train to go meet up with Cass in L.A. We were supposed to be in Anaheim. Uh, we were out there for um, the Daniel Cormier um, Steep A fight, and then Anthony was on that card. That was also the Yoel Romero Costa fight. Yeah, that fucking banger. So anyway, the night before, That's a good card. Fuck. The night before, Cass and I go out. He's like, "We're going out in L.A." I was like, "All right, cool." So I found a train from Anaheim to L.A. Hopped the train, paid like the extra ten bucks for first class, which essentially meant free booze. So I was like, "All right, whatever." I was like, "I was like, yo, let me get." A scotch, like we don't have scotch. I was like, let me get like a whatever. They're like, we don't have it. I was like, well, what the fuck do you guys have? They're like, we have wine and champagne. I was like, I'll drink wine. I was like, give me the fucking champagne, dude. So I'm fucking cranking back on some champagne, like take a little ten milligram, start fucking get out there, hang out with Cass. We get to um this five story club. Do you remember what the name of that place was? I don't know, but it was like an old like museum or something. Dude, it was five floors. So the first two floors looked like you were walking into like the Rainforest Cafe. Third floor was like a nineteen. 19- right, time out. I guess, like, is that a cool? Is that a good thing? Like no. Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was like no. It was like you're walking to like the Night at the Museum movie. There was like okay. It was. It was. But it was like the. That. It was like a rainforest setting. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a big tree going it up. It wasn't the, like the like rainforest. A, no, like a giant. Like, mills. I think it was like an actual like American South Forest. It was like a giant redwood tree in the middle of the giant. fucking club. So then that's the first two floors, and the DJ was playing up on the second floor. We went up to the third floor to go check that out, and there's, like, a 1930s swing band playing up there, and, like... And, like, the Savannah Room. Yeah, it was fucking dope. Like, there's fucking stuffed bears and shit, and, like, dude, it looked like something straight out of a 1930s, like, speakeasy. You go up to the fourth floor... What was the fourth floor again? It was, like, a jungle room? And then, like, the fifth one was, like, a tiki lounge. We're like, so wait, you'd fucking love this. So it's, like, this old 1950s, like, wood boat. like the A Chris Craft. Yeah, like a a wood craft. And the DJ's playing in it. Like, Like, he's just playing surf. Where where, where you would be driving this boat is where the DJ is. That's fucking rad. Dude, and he's just playing, like, surf rock, so on and so forth. So I was like, oh, fuck. So Cassie and I are up on the fifth floor. I was like, all right, cool, man. I was like, we'll hang out up here. We'll get some drinks, blah, blah, blah. Dude, we ordered four Mai Tais, and I, I was like, hey, dude, I was like, what do I owe you? He goes, 100 bucks. I was like, say what? <laughs> That's actually cheaper than I would have thought it was. I was like, holy shit, dude. I was like, 100 bones for this. I was like, all right, cool. So I'm high as fuck. We're hanging out with a bunch of people like Cass knows. I'm drinking so on and so forth. And uh, eventually, bar time hits. We get out of there. And as we're walking out, there's a promoter that's going, hey, you know, after party, after party, after party. And I was like, yo, let me get that. I look at Cass, I was like, dude, I was like, how deep do you want to go tonight? I was like, do you want to go to this after party? He's like, fuck it, let's go find some food, and then we'll go on out there. I wanted taco trucks really bad. We couldn't find a fucking taco truck. Also, the first time I'd ever seen, um, I don't know if you've ever seen this before. So the people out there, they would take like, um, like a shopping cart, and they would take the bottom of it off, and they would build a fire in it, and they would put like a cookie sheet on top of it, and they were making hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Street meat, baby. <laughs> Dude, that's That's what they were thinking about you today at the fucking beach, street meat. (laughs) I'll take it. Like, for real, like, I've never seen anyone do that shit with a shopping cart before. Dude, I I want to try it now. Like, Like, bacon, all that shit. Yeah. Like, bacon wrapped hot dogs. Rats. Whatever, dogs. It was down the street from Skid Row. (laughs) So, so that leads me to the next part of the story. 
So we take, so like, we can't find anything to eat. So we're like, fuck it. Let's just order an Uber and we'll go out to this party. So I give, I put the address in and I show Cassie. I go, do you know where this is? He goes, yeah. I go, where are we going? He's like, Skid Row. <laughs> yeah, dude, legit. That's where all the good parties are at. Like, it, it was pretty bad. Like, because usually when I lived there, all the parties are in Hollywood. And Hollywood kind of fizzled out now. Now, downtown has grown. So all the parties now are downtown. So we're downtown. We take this Uber. And we're, like, driving. The guy's like, this is it. I was like, how the fuck do you know where we are? Like, there's just, like, closed, old industrial buildings. That's all we are. And I was like, hey, man. Just wait right here for a second. I want to make sure this is the right address. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay. We close the doors. You hear click. And this motherfucker <laughs> zooms off. He left us. He was like, I'm getting the fuck out of this neighborhood. He left us there. I was like, well, thanks for waiting, bro. <laughs> yeah. I would have hit him back right away on the app. I would have been like, ding. So we're like standing there. The dude zooms off. As soon as we're done hearing the tires fucking screeching and the exhaust, you hear just bass just pumping. You hear just old old like factory windows glass just shaking we're like dude we're close by we're close by and we just followed the base meanwhile i'm like i'm watching crackheads swing tree to tree and shit like that i'm like cast find this fucking party already we're literally like like probably two blocks from like the dirtiest part of skid row yeah and all of a sudden we walk up we hear the base and there's like this red, there's like this red gate it's a big metal gate and it's red it doesn't match any other building it's just a red big metal gate so we go and like bang on the gate and it opens up like a foot and there's this huge fucking dude with a suit on and with a flashlight. It's just like IDs. We're like, what the fuck did we get ourselves? It's some fucking blade type shit. We fucking <laughs> this dude, this dude blade type shit. <laughs> this dude checks our IDs. It's just like, what do you say? Like twenty bucks or yeah, whatever. Yeah, twenty bucks. And everything was done via Venmo. There was like no cash involved. Everything was done via Venmo. Yeah. So you just like scan the code like at the little lady like on the table, and there was like under the a military like like the the shade. Like the canvas, or the you know the cover, or whatever. We're like, what the fuck is going on? And you just hear, you see like smoke and bass and lights pumping out of this door. I'm like, yeah, all right, dude. Like, no shit. Like the the fog is literally pouring out of this door, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm all like, now mind you, I'm high and drunk, and I'm kind of tripping a little bit, and I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck are we walking into? And you walk in, there's a bar to your left. Right beyond the bar is a DJ playing like warehouse fucking house music. Big, wide open. People are talking, so on and so forth. There's lasers everywhere. And I was like, dude, I feel like I'm 20 again. Like, these were the parties I used to go to back in the day. It was fucking amazing. I fucking miss good parties like that, for real. Like, they do not have parties like they used to. But that was, I mean, that whole thing. So, I got real profound. Like, I was talking to Cassidy the entire time where I was like, had a couple edibles in me. And, like, I'd asked ahead of time. I was like, I was like, I'm smoking weed. I'm like, obviously, we're in Cali. I'm like, I just don't want to be rude and smoking. I was like, does anyone give a shit? They're like, no, go ahead. So I'm smoking weed, watching this DJ fucking play, and I'm having like flashbacks of me doing the exact same thing 20 years prior and just being like, dude, I'm like, that was like me like then. But like, like it was like watching myself and like I just had this full circle. I was like, I came from there and then I got to here like it's fucking crazy and, you know, full circle. Now I'm the person like watching and enjoying this. And it was real profound to me. And I was just like. Wow, this is so cool. And I kept talking to Cass about it the entire time. And I didn't realize I was talking in a circle for like a good hour where I was just like caught in the loop. Caught in the loop, bro. It's all right. I was just looking for Wesley Slamps the whole time. You <laughs> played vampires and shit. Dude, for real, it was awesome. Yeah. Blood starts coming down from the sprinklers. <laughs> the new blade coming out, actually. I'm looking forward to that. Dude, good. It's awesome. Is he going to be in it? 
He's not playing Blade. I know that. It's a new guy, but I think he might have a cameo in it or have some parts in it. Maybe he'll play, like, the Whistler role. You know what I mean? Like, maybe he'll switch into, like, the guy that helps, but I definitely want to see that. That's For sure, dude. Marvel's going in. Marvel's going nuts with their fucking universe right now. They're all, like, dude, they got a million things going on at, at once. Did you check out the WandaVision? Yeah, WandaVision was fucking rad. Fuck, yeah, dude. I'm bummed that it's a limited series. I, I was hoping to see if they would do... Like a season two, but I don't, you know. It's I, it's possible. They said that they're not closing the, they're leaving that door open, like that they can do a her, like follow her where she goes next. I just read, I'm stoked. Uh, Bernthal signed on to play Punisher in the next Spider Man movie, so there's going to be a Punisher um, appearance really? in Spider Man. Oh, cool. so they're bringing him over? Peter Parker's good. Ass. Yeah, I heard the Marvel bought the rights back from Netflix. Yeah, that's, so why, Bernthal, that's why they didn't Bernthal do a season will be playing three. Punisher in, uh, in the new Spider Man. So there was another thing that was going that kid up. There's another thing that was going on on YouTube where they were talking about the fact that uh, the other Spider-Man are going to be in this one as well. Yeah, the multiverse stuff. Yeah, we're like Peter Parker goes up to um, Doctor Strange and like is like, hey, like I don't want people to know who I am, so on and so forth, and introduces the other Spider-Mans into their universe, so on and so forth. But it brings over the villains as well. It's supposed to be the introduction introduction of the Sinister Six and shit. Like, if you're a nerd nerdgasm for real like i'm i'm excited to see what happens with it um as someone who's read comics well let's, let's be honest I, I read at a fucking fifth grade level so it's the only <laughs> thing i can really fucking read but um as someone who's read comics like a majority of my life I'm, I'm fucking stoked to see all this stuff come to the screen and so on and so forth um did you check out uh winter soldier at all winter soldier and uh captain america uh, or I'm sorry, Falcon. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah, I've watched like the first four. I gotta catch up. Oh, dude, you gotta finish it. It's good. It's uh, good. It's all. It's yeah. I, I watched the first four or five, and then I just kind of been so fucking busy. I haven't had a chance to. Ah, it's all good. So good. Up. And I'm looking well, for. I don't. I also like. I watch on my phone because I don't have internet at the moment. Because like, I just gotta get internet again. It didn't get turned off. Like the Jenner bullshit. It was just a fucking moving situation, living situation. But. I keep forgetting to get internet because like I don't watch TV ever. Like, what was the uh, what was the ongoing joke that we had with Matthias about Trinity? <laughs> Trinity pay that Trinity bill. Play. Matthias didn't pay his electricity bill for like three years, but he'd go out and spend money and shit. But it was three years. Have, I no, thought it was like two months. He didn't have electricity for like probably five months. But oh. hey, fuck electricity when you want to go out and party. I'm with it. Like, <laughs> back then, shit. Wisconsin, they can't Priorities. turn that shit off depending on the month. <laughs> well, let's just say. It hit the warm months and he lost <laughs> then, his then you're fucked. Oh, Bobby. He, was at, he was at State Fair that year dropping cash and everyone's like, dude, like, you know, you got to turn your electricity back on, man. <laughs> Shout out to Matthias. Shout I, out to Matthias. I want to have him on here when he gets back into town one of these days. Uh, Matthias, if you're watching or any of the people from Jägermeister, please tell Matthias to get his ass home so we can have him on the fucking podcast. Bobby's asking... uh. How the hell we ever got home from that? Bobby, to to answer your question, uh, Cassidy and I both took Ubers home. I took a $40 Uber from L.A. to Anaheim, and then he took a uh, an Uber from L.A., well, from wherever the hell we were in Skid Row to I Malibu. Think, I think mine was like 80 bucks. Yours was fucking 80 I think it was 80 bucks. Jesus Christ. I went Christ. to Marina Del Rey. Okay. Did he tell you to stay the hell out of Malibu, Lebowski? When he I didn't go to Malibu. It was Marina Del Rey. Oh, okay. I fucked up. And <laughs> I thought you were in Malibu. No, Marina. Yeah. So, what was the other question? You live in the sticks without internet. <laughs> Bobby's just roasting you, <laughs> dude. All the all, listen. Let's all the comments right now. is Look, Bobby just roasting you. By the way, I just admitted that I didn't have internet. Yeah. To just, the five people that are watching, I don't need it right now. Due to a living situation, which is due not a, a big situation, deal. which was out of my control, but yeah. I'm getting it. It's all right. 
The least of my worries was internet. Well, at least, all right. Actually, I ain't got no worries anymore. I ain't got no worries. Yeah, no, just internet. That's pretty. It's a pretty rad thing to have when the only stress you have is not having internet. Well, yeah, dude, you just dropped 135 pounds. So. Shit, that's like 165. It took me a second on that one. Oh, shit, I lost like 30 pounds, 20 pounds of bone. I was like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Damn, you know, I was I gonna like, ask you. I feel like fucking Ice Cube when he left NWA, like fucking just dropped fucking one of the greatest albums. Like, that's how I feel. Like, feeling good. How you feeling being back? I haven't seen you at the gym at all, but I've I've seen that you're back. How do you feeling? Good. Like, feeling great. I feel young again because I was like working out before I went back to the gym. Mm-hmm. Feeling good, but it's been sporadic now just because like when I got COVID, I fucking had to. I fell out of that loop and didn't get to go work out for a while. So, and now with work, it's tough to like. Cause I work like twelve hour days now, mm. but uh, yeah. But I'm I like fucking for forty three years old. I feel fucking great. Hell's yeah. Take note, people. Fresh juicing and fucking eating healthy, and you can get old and fucking feel good. Oh, you're fucking you're hitting the test, all right, brother. <laughs> 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 fucking get them oil injections, player. I'm talking grapefruit, <laughs> orange juice, and ginger, celery juice, oh, that pussy cucumbers. Shit. No, I'm talking like juicing, juicing, healthy uh, juice. I was like, Lee's about to get fucking yoked, son. Uh, 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 uh. Steak neck. Fuck. <laughs> no, I'll do it the old-fashioned way. Unfortunately. We, we still got to get you to do jits one of these days, too, man. I know. I will start rolling again because I do want to learn that so I can choke people the fuck. I'm just kidding. Like, But no, I just don't know. Like, it's dude, it comes in handy, dude. I was I had to control a guy on Friday night, dude. Uh, I don't give a fuck if I tell this story for the five people that are watching. Um, P.S. I love you, five people. Yeah, love you, too. And Bobby. Someday, thousands of people are, are going to be like rewatching these old ones. So that's yeah, how this and, shit goes. Like, you just build stuff up. Like, And I'm going to tell this story and get sued for it. So... I'm over at Taylor's on Friday night, and Vin from Belmont comes over, and he's like, Parker, he's like, can you give me a hand with something? I was like, yeah, what's up, dude? So I walk out the door. He's like, we have this dude. He's he's being belligerent. He's being a dick to the entire staff, and we've asked him to leave, and he's not leaving. And I was like, all right, dude. I was like, I'm like, how aggressive is he? He's like, he's, he's not going anywhere. We, we keep asking him to leave, and he's getting more and more aggravated. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I can already tell him. I'm going to have to throw this guy out. So I'm like, here, take my phone. <clears throat> so I go in. I come up to him, put my hand on his shoulder. I'm like, hey, buddy, what's going on? He's like, don't fucking touch me. I'm like, here we go. I'm like, hey, buddy. I was like, look, I was like, can I talk to you outside? And like, who the fuck are you? I'm like, well, I'm the guy that came and got to ask you to leave. So I was like, so what do you say? We talk about this outside and figure out what's going on. What's got you so upset? And I'm just trying to be like cheese dick fucking guy smiley fucking as friendly as possible to him. And uh, and he's like, he's like. Yeah, fuck. He's dropping n bombs. Mind you, he's black, but he's dropping n bombs on fucking everybody. And I'm like, hey, buddy, hey, buddy. I was like, let's lower our voice. I'm like, there's there's other people here that are you know they're here as well. I'm like, you're obviously upset. Let's go outside and talk about this. I'm not going anywhere. Blah blah blah. I was like, all right, man. I was like, look. I was like, this is their party. Essentially, this is their house. Okay, you're being a dick. They don't want you in their house anymore. So you have to leave. I was like, do you understand how that works? Like, nobody wants you here. You're making it awkward for everyone. What do you say you and I just go outside? We can talk about this. And he's like, I want a water. Then I'll leave. I'm like, they're not going to give you a water. I want a water. I ain't fucking leaving. I'm like, look, man, no one wants to serve you because you're being a cunt. All right. Plain and simple. <laughs> I was like, so what do you say? We go pick any of the other 10 bars in this fucking block. 
and you go to that one and you can get your water there. You're going to have to throw me out. And I was like, fuck. I'm like, you really want me to do this, dude? I was like, I'm asking you, please just come outside. Let's just not do this. He's like, you're going to have to throw me out. So what do I do? Grab the back of his chair, kick out the legs, slam them on the ground, grab him by the fucking shirt and literally drag this dude out and slide him out the door. I choose violence. Now here's where jujitsu comes in handy. Now you can either a tune this guy up by kicking him in the fucking head while he's down, or maybe even dropping a couple elbows on him, whatever, just knee on belly, hand on chest, just controlling him the entire time. Other hand, probably on his leg, just to keep my balance. And just control them and be like, look, dude, we're done having this fucking conversation. You're not going back in there and you're fucking leaving. We're done. Do you understand me? You get up. You try being something stupid again. You and I are going to have a fucking problem. This motherfucker starts screaming that I assaulted him. This is where it gets really fucking good. So this guy proceeds to call the cops. While he's on the phone with dispatch, he is cursing me out in every fucking horrible thing you can possibly say. I got called an N-word about 20 times. At some point, I stopped. and I was like... Look, dude, I'm like, I don't mean to be like a stickler for details. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Hispanic, thank you. But I'm Mexican. So the correct derogatory word would be spick or wetback. <laughs> He's like, I don't give a... F-. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, please stop saying that. I'm like, just stop. Wouldn't stop. And he's now, mind you, he's on, a, he's on the phone with the dispatcher telling the cops that I just assaulted him and he's screaming at me. So I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm like, finally, like Frankie, a couple of guys from Uzar are like, Parker, get away from this guy, so on and so forth. And I'm hoping that this dude, because I walked into the alley and I was like, I was like, dude, I'm like, I'm going to go into the alley. Maybe he might follow me in there. I can maybe fucking really fuck this guy up. <laughs> Doesn't come back there at all. So I was like, fuck it. Come around, go back into t- Taylor's through the side door. And I'm watching this dude as the cops come up. And this dude is like screaming at the cop putting his finger right in the cop's face and I'm like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you can see the cop like backing up and shit like that. I was like, I was like, oh, this dude's about to get his ass whooped again. I'm He's like, I'm about to get tased. I was like, ooh, tase him, tase him. Nothing. So eventually the cops come, like the cops go and talk to the guys over at Belmont, come over and talk to me. And they're like, did you see what happened? I was like, totally. I was like, dude, some big Mexican. He had to be like 6'1", 6'2". I think I saw abs. You can definitely tell that guy was squatting threw the guy out and he went to the alley and fucked off so on and so forth and they're like well did you go over there and see what was going on i was like well that's their half of the block this is my half of the block i was like so you know i just you know i just kind of stay on my side <laughs> my own business. and they're like so what's your name i was like leland good <laughs> i was like i just moved i have one of those weird addresses out in waukesha i don't know exactly what it is yet i didn't change my id I still haven't. <laughs> they, they, they never... See, I'm not committed to Walker. See, like, like fear commitment. Like, I haven't committed to Walker yet. I have not changed my ID. I still have my address down here. He'll be back in a year. You're gonna get bored, dude. No, uh... dude, Walker Show's weird. It's like its own little plan. You know what? Here's the thing. At at worst, at worst, you're gonna be in Stalas. No, 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 no. If I would have been back downtown, I would like in the last two months, I already would have. I would have came back because like I would have came back, but. They got Wi-Fi down here. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, it's a solid joke when fucking random the producers over there fucking chuckling. Mark that one down. We'll- All right. I should have gotten Wi-Fi. I admit it. But I just keep forgetting to call. Everything else. Truth be told, like, usually how my life would work is I would have Wi-Fi and all the rest of my fucking life would be out of control and, like, all fucked up. 
legit now it's like bizarro world. I've got everything in my life going good, except I don't have Wi-Fi. This is bullshit. I'm, 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 I'm telling the truth. Like, shit is good. I want to see your wee energy bill right now. <laughs> oh, fuck. If I had, I'll show you. It's current. It's current. <laughs> I paid that shit all winter. How's your I, data plan on your phone if you don't have Wi-Fi? Oh, you got unlimited? Over I've got unlimited. I've had unlimited oh, okay. forever. Yeah, I'm like that grandfather didn't sprint shit or T-Mobile now, whatever. I got that over on Verizon. They they kicked me off that for a while, and I was like, peace. I went over to Sprint, and then they brought it back. I was like, back over to Verizon. I was like, I was switching sides back and forth. You know, it, we're, speaking of, like, no Trizity, internet, all that bullshit, I was thinking of fucking Juno the other day of, like, just sitting there and fucking hammering out fucking poker games way back in the fucking oh, day. Oh, my, fixing our MySpace pages. I mean, this would be a good segue into start telling stripper stories. <laughs> just going to say, like, just say. Mom, this is your time to turn off the podcast. Oh, fuck it, turn it up, mom. Juno, yeah, we were fucking Juno was. Time I was talking to your mom the other day. She wants to do a podcast too. I think she's got a great idea for it. Yeah, she's had a rough childhood. She wants to talk about scary shit. No, she was talking about how she wanted to do like crime stuff because there was a the thing with the house. We'll, we'll get back to the stripper stories in Juno in a second. But she had talked to me about like um, she almost got that job with the the news station mm-hmm. for investigating reporting. She's got a great outline for a fucking podcast. Um, if she wants the software that we use, I'll give her a copy of it for sure. Murder mystery type shit. Yeah, dude. I, shit she, sells. Dude, I was on the phone with her for about an hour, and she was going over it with me, and I was like, fuck yeah. I'm like, you need to do this. And I was like, here, I'm like, I gave her a list of everything that I used. I was like, here's the mics I use. Here's the cameras that I use. And I was like, you should definitely fucking do this. And I'm like, if you can do it solo and do it in series and do like an hour long, I was like, it'd be fucking perfect. But yeah, dude, your mom's, your mom's on to something with that one. Anyway, all right, moving back over. At this point, sorry, um, I'm a cast. You gotta, you gotta tune out for a little bit. We gonna tell, we gonna tell some stories. It's story time. I had a girlfriend the whole time in Juno. Did you? No. A little bit of it you did. Most What's of, her name? Oh, yeah. Priscilla and uh, no, Christy. Christy and Christy. Christy. <laughs> Were you shaking your head at me for? She ain't listening. Who the fuck cares, dude? Guys, you remember that one time in Juno when I made you come up to the office to watch the video of me? Yeah, having sex in the bar, mm-hmm. and I didn't tell you, and you just walked in the like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that shit was funny. Wait, was that the one in the upper bar, or when you fucked that girl in the shower? Upper bar. Dude, by the way, time out. <laughs> by the way, just so you know, like, this is like old, shitty person me, not like me now. What are you talking about? This was too, this is like a year ago. I'm this fucking wrong. I'm fucking, this is, this shit's like 11 but years ago. But I'll tell ago. the stories, I don't give a fuck. It's all in the past. Well, all right, time out. Man. Time out. This place, like this club was fucking amazing the interior like the outside looked like a fucking literally show. one of those beautiful club like the inside of that place was fucking epic like, yeah epic vegas fucking vegas. better than vegas like, yeah that shit this, that club was like you can't even explain it unless you fucking were in it like that shit was insane yeah and it was just i, I think there was a point where Juno was so small where I had done the math at one point i was like for every person that lives here we basically spent like ten thousand dollars i was like true story yeah I was like, dude. And I was that's like, not saying that there isn't a lot of people. I mean, there's not six people in Juno, but like, there's yeah, like that that club was fucking unreal. Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. Like, if it was one of those, and I could uplift that club and bring it downtown, like, it oh, would, it's lights out. It would. Blow. You put it, if you made it in a nightclub, it'd be fucking. I place it was a nightclub, it'd be lights out. Dude, I found photos of me playing on stage there, and I was like, when the fuck did I ever like do a party there? Like, I, I was. Anyway, I was like. Well, I've, well, I was probably drunk at the time, to be real honest. <laughs> yeah, we were a little bit under the influence back then because we were pretty much so depressed. So in order to keep the gun out of your mouth, you had to fucking drink. <laughs> live in the middle of nowhere. Live in the middle of fucking nowhere. So what do you do when you live in the mo- middle of nowhere? You drink a lot. You fuck a lot. 
You go out in the middle of the fields and shoot guns off in the middle of the night. Of the <laughs> I forgot. You steal that. some little kid's bike. We sent Rodney to go get us. You know what? Time out. Fucking Ronnie Rose, the man who disappeared into thin air one day, never to be seen or heard from again. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that the other day, too. When I had asked you guys to come back on, I was like, fuck, dude. I was like, it's been 11, 12, 13 years, and that dude still hasn't resurfaced for air. No, and he was on. There's stuff on the internet about him, like that state fair shit about the fucking deep fried Snickers or Twinkie that he invented, and that shit turned out real. Like, I think that's almost more interesting than any stripper story I have. Like, I was roommates with him at the time, and this motherfucker just disappeared to the point where. Hold on, let's always... let's set let's let's set the story a little bit for for Rodney. Number one, Rodney, did he come with the club or did he, he didn't just come with the club? He just came appeared. out of nowhere. He yeah. just came out of nowhere and just applied and just got hired. Like, like he came out of nowhere. Weeks after we had opened, he just we hired him it. as a chef, right? I Probably. believe so. Yeah. But then he turned into like house parent. He, he was like, do he was everything. doing everything. Yeah. So which like kind of like, if you think about it, he got super involved to kind of like, not how to put it, like keep heat off. Like he became valuable. So like you didn't question anything like, cause you needed him. Cause like mm-hmm. you legit needed the dude. Like I'll say it like, fuck yeah. The dude took like, Oh, it's 3am. I need something from Walmart. I don't want to go. Please run and go there. The dude would do it. Like he was a good dude, but like, yeah, fuck. Like I, I this story is almost too hard to tell right now. Like it's it's hard to kind of tell over a podcast, but like, dude shows up, becomes a valuable employee. He was older than us. Yeah, he, right. He was probably at least 20, 30 years. Us had a backstory of this. His backstory was he had been married. I mean, his wife. Had a had a, like a food thing like a state fair. They had like they, he said he invented the deep fried Twinkie, and you look this up, and sure enough, this motherfucker invented the deep fried Twinkie, like Minnesota State Fair or some bullshit like that. So like the dude was telling the truth on this, and he has a story about how his wife and I think she was pregnant with the kid, like got in a car accident, died. Like I thought she had cancer. No, it was a car accident. Okay. So like his wife and kid die, like, and he kind of just like you know goes like like recluse, kind of like goes into like. Just like, you know, like not being seen, like doesn't do the fair shit anymore. And he shows up in judo. His parents are from Milwaukee. Like, so his parents, his mom boxed in at Why Not 2. And mm-hmm. his dad was a cab driver. So, like, we tracked them down. Like, they do exist. Um, And, like, so he had this backstory that was real sad. And you kind of felt for him. And it seemed real. And, like, he would always go in every Friday because our checks would be in at Silk Milwaukee first. He would always go pick up his check. And then he'd be gone for the weekend and come back. He had a gambling. He had a gambling problem. Like that's legit. Like the dude was a heavy into gambling, but it, we just thought he was just blowing his checks, whatever. But like one Friday, he goes and gets his check. It's confirmed that he picks up his check at Silk Milwaukee. Sunday rolls around. Sunday night, I was roommates with the dude. Sunday night rolls around, not back. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. He'll be back tomorrow because he like works tomorrow. Works that Monday. Monday rolls around, dude's not there. So like we start calling, start texting. Phones on. So I remember this is like the craziest shit to me still to this day. Like where I think something had to have happened to him because the discipline he showed, no human being could do this discipline. So Verizon worked like this back in the day. You always were on red. You didn't have a choice to be off red. So like when you sent someone a text message, it would show that it went through. And then once they opened it, it said red. Like you Mm -hmm. didn't have a choice to go off red. It was like legit two stage. All the texts were going through to his phone for a while 
but not coming through his Reddit, just was saying sent. And then, like, a day later, a day or two later, his phone goes dead, so, like, you weren't even getting, like, received anymore, and it never came on again. Mm-hmm. Like, the phone just, like, either he disconnected or something happened to him, like... This dude literally disappeared. Just fucking disappeared. Now, now the crazy thing about prior to this is that he goes up to me and goes, Parker, can I borrow 30 bucks? I need gas money to get back to Milwaukee to go pick up my paycheck. Now, he does this with me. And then after the fact, after he had been gone for like a week, we all start talking like, yeah, he owes me 30 bucks. So oh, me, he hit up everybody? Me, Jeff Fields, a couple of the girls... And other and like other people around us, like we figured out that like he borrowed thirty bucks from like fifteen people. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Instead but, of asking, but that might have been gambling debt. Like, so instead of asking like one person, like, "Hey, can I borrow X amount of dollars?" He went up to a bunch of people and was like, "Yo, can I borrow 30, 25 bucks? What do you got? Twenty five, thirty. All right, cool. Thanks, man. I'll pay you as soon as I get my my check cash or as soon as I get back from Milwaukee." And did that with everyone. And then takes off. Now that to me is fucking insane. Him and his mom. I mean, it was smart Mont- though. He had Montana plates on his car. I always remember, I always remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't know. I'll tell you this though. He's never resurfaced, never come up. You can Google him. Rodney Rose, dude, like vanished into thin air. Yeah. Like a grifter, but like for fucking nothing. Like he didn't pull off some big con. He motherfucker ran off with three hundred dollars. Like <laughs> who like who runs a fucking seven month con, a seven month grift? Oh, I fucking scored three hundred dollars. I really stuck into them. Like, dude, like you could just tell us, hey, I'm leaving. Can you spare thirty bucks? Yeah, bro, here you go. Like fucking con of the century. He rolled out of Juno, Wisconsin with three hundred dollars. However, I will say this. You know what? I should take a step back, man. In all reality, I think he may have gotten more because that's right around the time I got in trouble for the safe being short that I didn't take fucking 10 grand out of that safe and Rodney disappeared. So there's a good chance Rodney actually got 10 G's out of that place. We'll try and pay it off. Fucking. That fucking D-Gen. Oh, Jesus Lord. Yeah, Juno was a good time, though. Uh, damn. We used to throw some fucking ragers. raging after bars. Wait, wait. Do you guys remember? Oh, my God. We got to tell this fucking story. I actually, I wrote this story, and I remember I sent, this is when you still lived here, and I gave it to you, and I was like, dude, do you remember this? And you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. So, to set this up, the the night of, or I'm sorry, how do I put this? I think it was a, a Thursday going into a Friday. We decided that we were going to throw a rager next door. We got a bunch of alcohol, invited the staff over, and we're drinking so our fucking, a wop. yeah. And uh, at this point, we're all drinking. We've been up all night, and it's like six, seven in the morning, and everyone's like, "Yo, I forgot what the was it Seville? Was that her fucking stripper name?" I mean, let's, let's just let's say, not use names. Savannah. It's not. It's Seville, not her fucking real name anyway. Sierra, like you named Sequoia. I don't know. Whatever the. F- <laughs> so everyone's like, "Are you going to the wedding?" And I was like, "What wedding?" Oh, that's oh, right, man. dude. And it was one of those where I was like, "I was like, oh yeah, the pregnant bitch." <laughs> And Lee and I are like, I think Cass might have been with us too. We are, it is sunrise, eight o'clock in the morning in Juneau. And I think it was like cold out. So I had to be like November or something like that. For the record, it was always cold out in that city. There was no such, there's no, Juneau, Wisconsin, you guys, there's no such thing as summer. It is constantly 30 degrees in that fucking town because it is the fucking home of crippling depression and fucking disparity. So we fucking, after we've been drinking for like six or seven hours, 
we stumble down into Juno and uh, what was the fucking bartender's name? Uh, Sam the bartender, the comedian. Is that his name, Sam? Yeah. Oh yeah, that that there's a story about that motherfucker. All right, we'll, we'll go into money too. We'll go. We'll get into that motherfucker too. So we get there now. Mind you, here comes the bride is being played on a boombox because they were like, "Can you turn on the sound system?" And I was like, "I was just being a dick." And I was like, "No." I was like, "Fuck you." This girl is wearing like a grayish fucking wedding dress, and like I remember looking at the fucking the groom and being like. I was like, this guy looks like a young version of the fucking poltergeist guy. He's got the fucking bolo fucking tie, fucking tall, skinny dude. Nothing like a shot. Nothing says true love like a shotgun wedding in a strip club. Dude, it gets even better from there. So Sam had to stand up because there was no best man. One of the strippers, who I think was wearing clear fucking heels, is standing up. (laughs) Is standing up in the fucking wedding as well, wearing a fucking stripper outfit. And I was like, this is some podunk fucking redneck shit right here. Oh, that's, that's beyond. No, no, no. Now, this gets fucking better. So, they're like, uh, they get done with the ceremony, so on and so forth, and they go out the front door, and I shit you not, this is the most dilapidated fucking horse I'd ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> the fucking thing looked like its fucking back had been broken three different times, and it's dragging a fucking cart behind it. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, this is fucking bad. I don't know if it was a parent or whatever the fuck it was, but like they let fucking birds out of the fucking back, and she was like doves. Oh my god! I was like, like I looked pigeons. up. <laughs> I looked pigeons. I was like, those no, are they fucking big doves. Those are pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> fucking doves. Pit. Who do you bitch. think you are, Julia Roberts? No, those are pigeons. Bitch, those are pigeons. And I'm like, I'm like, is this fucking real? Is this shit really fucking going on? I agree. That sh- that fucking that was wild when that happened. No, no. The the kicker on that is that she came back that night. She came back that night to fucking work. A pregnant fucking bride dancing around in her fucking wedding dress. And the dude was just hanging at the bar fucking drinking. I've got that beat for a girl coming back to work. I I got that beat. I I don't even know if I want to go. Fuck it. Go for it. Girl was working two clubs. Was working Silk Milwaukee and was working on the border. I don't know why she like John was letting her, but whatever. Like, mm-hmm. she, but she was like, I wouldn't say she was an earner. She was like trash. <laughs> so real story, true story, and this isn't funny, but this is just to show to give you a fucking real story about how shit really was here at times. It wasn't all just funny. She was working on the border. Her living boyfriend was watching her two kids. They weren't his kids. They were oh, her, shit. her kids. He, they're, the kids are sleeping. He leaves the house to go pick her up at bar time at, on the border. The kids get up. The older one climbs up on the counter to get food. Like a toaster oven falls off on the younger one, cr- like crushes, incapacitates the little one, kills the little one. She was back to work at Silk the next day after her child passed away. So like I remember as clear as day, like... I had kind of just heard what happened, like, before she came in. And, like, Terry and I are by the bar. And she comes walking in. And Terry Terry loses his mind. Like, Terry's like, nope. So, like, Captain Craig's, like, walking. And Terry calls him over. He's like, Craig, I will walk the fuck out right now if you don't send this girl home. And Craig's like, and Craig's like I don't know. Like, what are you talking about? Send this girl home. Like, what? And, like, Terry tells Craig, like, what happened. And Craig's like, like, I really don't even know what to think or do about that. But, yeah, I'll send her home. And Craig's like, you got to go. Like, and then she never came back. But legit. Came to work in the club the day after her child died because of negligence. 
There was a there was another one, and this was a give me that fucking I'm screw, sorry. dude. Jesus sorry. Christ, dude. Nervous habits. Um, fucking. I remember one where Craig like came around and came around with a hat to everyone, and there was I forgot what her name was, but she was oh actually she's in the she's in the photos. Something happened, and it was a bullshit fucking story. And Craig went around and was wait, like, wait, wait, hold on, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You mean to tell me a stripper made up a bullshit lie story <laughs> to get money? Yes. Well, there goes my whole fucking image just shattered in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what the fuck the story was. Like, oh, I remember what it was. The kid had Down syndrome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, the, the baby daddy, like. That girl attacked me. Wait, what? Yeah, that girl tried to attack me. Wait, this was the same one from. Remember, we did all Kimberly, those. Her name is Kimberly. Was it Kimberly? Yeah, she tried to attack me because one night after, uh, what was Wednesday night called? That once a month party. It was like Entertainer of the, what, the Feature. The Feature Night, yeah. So like they always gave an Entertainer of the Month. So she's walking out of the back and she's like all like screaming. She's like, I can't believe I didn't win Entertainer of the Month. This is bullshit. And I was behind the bar and I yelled, oh, what, Kimberly, are you going to put that on your fireplace mantle next to your Mother of the Year award? And then she tried to attack me. <laughs> and the bouncer's Richie Roach. Roach is the bouncer. Roach has got this girl holding her back, and she's kicking fighting, and I'm just dying laughing. Like, come on, come on, Richie. Richie's got to wrap the fuck up. Oh, that shit was so great. Yeah, Kimberly, I know exactly. It's exactly what you're talking about. She, that might have been her real name. Kyle just told me that you said her name's Jenna. Or that might be her real name. All right, let's just be real here. The odds on this happening more than once in the clubs are probably pretty good. <laughs> By the way, shout out to Kyle. I'm glad that he's fucking tuning in for this. We got to have Kyle on one of these days. Yeah, he, got, oh, God. Because he goes, he's an OG. He wore clubs before we did. He yeah. goes back. He goes back to Cocktails and Dreams before we were even in the business. Hells like, yeah, dude. Yeah, that, Kyle goes back. Hells yeah, dude. Um... Oh, Kyle, by the way, I hope you caught that part. I didn't steal that 10 grand off the fucking safe. That was Rodney. <laughs> you and Jeff Fields thinking I took it, motherfuckers. I did not take that shit. Or Captain Craig put it in the ATM by accident and didn't write it down. But what up, dude? Just want to say that. Love you. <laughs> you know, I got to say, I do love this live feature of having this uh, everything up on uh, on YouTube and stuff like that with the chat. Bobby's still fucking roasting the both of you. I somehow got to get this put on so that you can read it at the same time. Uh, uh, I'm probably better off now. <laughs> I fucking hate Juno. I still hate Juno. I hate, you you know, hate Juno. <clears throat> Juno almost killed Lee, and I moved up to the other side of the fucking country because of that. True place. story. Two times in my life, two <clears throat> cities I've lived in almost killed me. Juno and Tosa almost killed me. Wait, what the fuck happened in Tosa? I was just so crippling depressing oh. that I fucking just chose drugs and alcohol to get through. <laughs> I moved to L.A. I was like, fuck this place. I'm out of here. Yeah, Juno, I agree. That place was like, for as much fun as we had, and we did play hard, to say the fucking least, but like, yeah, I agree. That place is terrible. I mean, I remember the last day I packed up my stuff and rode out of that town was like the greatest day of my life. Like, I was moving because of like, just situational, like not having a place to go right away or not having my own place. Like, I literally went to and lived in River West for three months and was like happy to move to River West after fucking leaving Juno. Like, what do we got? He's like, that was before I was anybody out there, Lee. I'm with you on on a Craig. <laughs> Appreciate that. He's like, ah, who knows? Captain Craig probably threw that in the ATM and completely forgot about it. I think it. legit that's what happened. Or, or like I said, the Rodney thing kind of matches up. Like one of the two. Um, the other crazy story that, that always sticks out in my head was the fight that we got into with those, like, the only other Mexicans in fucking Juno that somehow fucking picked a fight with us, and it was the oh, night that Ferraro was yeah. there. That was after he broke his fucking ankle. We no, no, no. So, well, the broken ankle, you gotta remember, and I got notes about this, the broken ankle one was in Milwaukee, actually. 
Who was he wrestling? Was it Mark Siski? Yeah. It yeah, he wrestled. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep. He wrestled Mark and Mark. Our New Year's. It was yeah, New Year's. And Mark, like, I think he went for a single leg or something like that. And then he fucking rolled his ankle. Oh, no, because this had to be up in Juno. Because remember, he went over to. No, no, he rolled his ankle in Juno, but the fight happened on crutches in Milwaukee. Because I got at my notes because it's the time I came in and I face bombed. Dave Chappelle face bombed that girl. When I was walking to the club. All right. So what I was. I had the Ninja Turtles shirt on. What I was talking about was when he actually, when he broke his ankle, that was up in Juno because he crawled yeah. from his apartment over to Craig's and was, or to Jeff's. It was like, take me to the hospital. Yeah. And after he walked around on it for like hours. Dude, he so, walked around on a broke ankle drunk for like four or five hours and yeah. then had, dude, he had to have like 20 pins put in his fucking ankle. Yeah. Dude, how drunk was he where he didn't even fucking realize he had a broken fucking ankle for it a couple Juno. hours? It was Juno. Campari. Campari will do that. Dude, I still remember the fuck. Do you remember the fucking Batman gun or the Joker gun they had where the barrel was like this fucking long? <laughs> that, his, uh, that, that big revolver? That yeah. One? Yeah, he got kind of butthurt. I, he pulled out a, like a nine and I pulled out my Desert Eagle. And then like three days later he comes and he's like, hey, you fucking pussy. Now who's got a bigger fucking gun? Da, da, da. Taking like six days to pull it out. Just wait till I pull this out. Yeah. Yeah, he broke. Yeah, he broke it in Juno, but then the fight. The fight happened in the fight. One of the fights with him and Crutches was Milwaukee. Yeah, the, that was the one where it was. It was our staff versus a bunch of guys outside. Yeah, we because we had we were such degenerates that we would come down. We'd get done in Juno. We would we would morning drink at Zad's. Yep. We'd open the bar with Terry, and we'd drink till like noon. We'd pass out for a couple hours, go out for a little bit on Sunday, and then we'd go meet up with Ferraro on a Monday over at Silk. And then, like, we would we'd we had party there, so on and so forth. We'd run into, like, every other girl we used to sleep with. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I was, like, I was the one that moved away. So when I came back into town, I was like, oh, he's back. Like, yeah, absolutely. Real proud of that now. Dude, how did that fucking fight with you and the Ninja Turtles t-shirt pop off? So, like, I had rolled in. That was actually my first night back in Milwaukee. Like, I had been working Juno, like, I don't know. I'm sure they thought it was real fair that I worked 30 nights in a row. So, like, I rolled into Milwaukee, and I remember, like, I walked through the doors, and it's, like, that Chappelle video where he's walking through the club, like, where he's, like, this is what you think you look like. And it's, like, slow motion. Like, I walk in, and, like, Terry sees me. He's, like, yeah. Like, through the slow motion, and people see me. And, I, and this is true. So, like, I remember, like, a girl I never liked, like, coming out of my side peripheral, and she's, like, Lee, and she's got her arms up to, like, hug me. And I just do the no-look Chappelle face bomb. Just get her right in the face, and I just fall. Side, and everyone at the bar sees us and they're just dying like doubled over like just dying laughing i just like face pounder but then like something popped off that night like big brawl so like i look at john who's on crutches i'm like you want me to go and he's like yeah go ahead and he's like i'll be there in like five i'll be there in five fucking minutes and he's like getting his like crutches ready shit so i go I remember I'm, like on a dude's back trying to choke him like he's like banging me into the wall like derek's getting hit with like a bottle so, like, it all pours out through the doors. We all, like, smash, like a cartoon, like a fucking tornado, like, smash through the big wood doors. And we get outside, and now, like, now we're going to square off. So, like, it's us. It's, like, eight on eight. Maybe, like, ten on ten. And, like, I got a suit coat on and a t-shirt. And, like, the guys are all, all the all the bouncers, like, taking off their suit coats. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, I got to do that, too. You know, like, fuck yeah, I got to look tough. <laughs> so, like, I fucking do the one button, take off the fucking suit coat. And, like, the dudes on the other side kind of, like, looking at me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they, they're, not, they're not mad. They're just kind of, like, confused. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and I looked down. I got, like, a fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle t-shirt on. 
under my suit coat. So literally, I like looked down and I just shook my head and I went to the back. Like, <laughs> and it was like, I was like, I was defeated. Like I defeated myself. I defeated myself before the fight even started. I was like, fuck, fuck me. And I like went to the back and like it actually true story. It diffused the whole fucking situation. Like it didn't pop up again. Cause like everyone laughed and shit. Cause like, cause here was me like, fuck yeah, I'm this badass. And, like I looked down and I got like fucking like pizza time, like, <laughs> fucking like Ninja Turtles t-shirt on. <laughs> oh. By the way, I'm totally this spring or this fall. I mean, bringing back the whole t-shirt and suko thing. Bring it back. <laughs> fucking bring that shit back. Please don't. All right, like well, Kyle just texted me. By the way, Kyle, just so you know, I'm reading these on air. I'm not pre-reading these. I just saw the text come through. Junk, drunk John walks out the front door. We tell him these Mexicans are waiting on the other side of the pillar. He leans over the rail with a 500 and says... <laughs> can't repeat that. All you hear is pool sticks hit the ground and they take off running down the block. Fucking Juno. <laughs> I can fill in the blanks on that one. They had pool cues. John had something a little more lethal. <laughs> I remember we used to threaten pimps in Juno. Like, we'd, like, take the girls' phones and, like, text their pimps. Like, I'm going to fucking stomp you out after work. And, like, they'd pull up. You'd come out strapped. And they'd just fucking, no, take off. <laughs> Dude, it was, re- you know, here's the funny thing. Between, now, mind you, Vegas, Chicago, Milwaukee, Juno. Juno was the worst. Juno was the worst. Biggest pimp problem. Juno was the fucking worst. Like, I've I've never ran into more issues with pimps and hookers until I had to be in Juno. Juno was the worst. Where I was like... It was a nonstop job to keep those girls from hoeing. Like, please, for the love of God, can you not sell pussy out of the club tonight? Like, just, I don't want to get in trouble by John. Like, please, like, I'm just trying to run the club. Like, can you please just not trick out of the club tonight? Like, one night. Like, I'll... Let you not pay house. Can you just give me one fucking night of like no asshole or stress? Like, please. Oh my god, dude. It was I mean, it was the craziest. Like you would think Vegas would be the worst. Chicago, strong second. Milwaukee, distant third place. No, fucking Juno. And I was just like, for God fucking sakes, dude. Like I didn't even blame him. There wasn't anything else to do. Like, do it, but like just don't do it in the club and make me look bad. Yeah, no shit, dude. Or Absolutely. give me a cut, make it worth my fucking while. <laughs> give me my ten percent or you're catching the hanger again, bitch. Oh, fuck. I hate that place. I can't even get over how much I hate Dude, what was your worst fucking story from there? Every fucking second. <laughs> Every day of my life. You had fun, though. But yeah, you like... I had fun. But it was fucking sucked. You had a nice relationship with a beautiful girl? Yeah. And then it ended and I fucking got the fuck out of Wisconsin. True. True, true. You know, I was thinking about this the other day because I was having you guys on. I was thinking about when Cassidy came back from L.A., and I don't know if you decided if you were moving back or if you were just staying for like a month or two for the summer or whatever. Oh, yeah. I came for like Casey's two months only, in the summer. Yeah. Casey's the only motherfucker right here that moved out to L.A. with $4 and came back with 6 <laughs> it, was, it was $58. 58 There $58. you go. I came back with more. No, didn't. Yeah. No. I don't remember. <laughs> so I literally, t- I tell Cass, I was like, dude, I was like, just take the guest room. I was like, there's a futon in there. I was like, make yourself at home, whatever. He hooks up with one of his exes and like brings her back here. And now at the time, I think it was just me living here and I wasn't used to Cassidy being here and I'm hooking up with an ex-girlfriend of mine. She's in the, in the kitchen, not in the living room, in the kitchen. And she's like blowing me in the fucking kitchen. And I hear the door open and I literally just grab this girl by the back of the head. He walks in with his ex. And I'm like, Hey guys. And there's some girls just like, 
my god. <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 no. I don't even think I was dating that girl because I think I got in trouble because I left her a hickey and her boyfriend got pissed off. I remember uh, who that is now. We were some we were some real respectable gentlemen back then. Let me tell you, we were we were the the, the epitome the, the epitome of just gentlemen. Uh I wrote down this story is one of my favorite quick strip club stories is when I was working in Milwaukee, like when I first started, I was like day shift in Hollywood. Uh, she was like a badass little goth girl. I remember her. So she's working and she's up in VIP and he, she asked this dude, she's like, so what's your fetish? And he's like, Oh, I like to be dominated. And she's like, good. She's like, I'm hungry. Go to Wendy's and get me some motherfucking chicken. <laughs> and this dude, this dude, he left the club, drove down the street to Wendy's and brought her back chicken tenders. And here's her sitting in VIP just eating fucking chicken tenders. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was so what's your what's your fetish? I like being dominated. Good go get me some chicken tenders. Amazing. <laughs> so Kyle just chimed in, he goes, Do you remember the walk of shame uh from the bathroom attendant? Do you guys remember this one? Oh hell yeah. Yep. So uh, he was selling he was selling coke, right? Or I don't know. Heroin was, or something. He was selling drugs. He was selling drugs out the bathroom. And then John had sent someone Which, in there. Which, by the way, if you're going to be a bathroom attendant, of course you're going to sell drugs out of the bathroom. Like, Yeah. Dude, that's fucking lucrative, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, to be honest, you're sitting around, someone's pissing shit all day, and someone's giving you a dollar for a fucking towel, dude. So it's like, yeah, you got to do something. But, you know, in in respect to the club... You know, it was one of those that either A, John was pissed that he didn't get cut. <laughs> it's A. <laughs> but more than likely he was pissed off because he was just like, you put my my license at risk, so on and so forth. So John sent someone, in, sent someone into the bathroom to see if um, they can buy drugs off of him. Sure shit. Bathroom, bathroom attendant sells him fucking drugs, so on and so forth. Explains to John, like, yeah, he's got two sets of pants on. He's got a pair of sweatpants underneath his pants. And like in there is where he keeps his drugs. So John's there, and I think Jeff was the manager at the time. And so they're like, hey, call the bathroom attendant up to the office. And John's up there, and he's like, hey, he's like, I'm going to ask you a question. He's like, are you selling drugs in my, in my bar? And the guy's like, no. And John's like, don't fucking lie to me. He's like, are you selling drugs in my fucking bar? And the guy tells him no. So John slaps him <laughs> and goes, I'm going to ask you a third fucking time. Are you selling drugs in my fucking bar? And Jeff Field walks in, and finally the guy admits. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm just selling weed. And he goes, empty out your pockets. So the guy empties out his pockets. He's got money, whatever. And Jeff Fields walks in, and he goes, he points at the, the bathroom attendant, and he goes, hey, do you see what I did to the side of the guy's face? Jeff looks at the guy, doesn't hesitate, and just fucking bear slaps him right across the fucking face and knocks the guy out. And fucking John looks at him and goes, dude, what the fuck? He goes, you told me to smack him. He goes, no, I should take a look at the fucking smack I left on his fucking face, you asshole. So they, they fucking pick his legs up, fucking wake him back up, fucking tear his pants off, find out he's got a pair of sweatpants underneath, pull all the drugs out, and they're like, they're like, don't fucking ever come back here again, blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't fucking sell, you know, tell everyone you fucking know you don't sell fucking drugs here, so on and so forth. John comes strutting up into the DJ booth and is like, hey, he's like, I want you to make an example of this guy. This is what this is what happens to you when you sell drugs in my fucking club. Now, mind you, this guy has had all of his fucking clothes ripped off of him. He's basically walking around in like ripped up pants trying to like walk out. And he's just like, 
head down, so on and so forth. He has his girlfriend call the fucking club and is like, hey, uh, can he get his last check because, like, he needs to pay his rent and all this other shit. And John just hangs up on the bitch like, fuck you. <laughs> walk of shame. The walk of shame of the drug dealer walk of shame. But, yeah. It's a good thing there's probably a statute of limitations on all this shit. Dude, who the fuck cares? I was going to say, I don't get, I got, like, I'm running for Congress. I got nothing to fucking lose. Like, I like that asshole's listening to this fucking podcast. Be awesome if it was. He's yeah. definitely dead by now. Speaking of bathroom <laughs> attendants, my favorite bathroom attendant story is with Stuart, that redheaded oh dude. God, I was oh thinking about man, this the other day. Yeah. Shit pizza. So like, oh, I thought you were talking about his car. Oh, that. <laughs> that's all <laughs> that <was> the, <laughs> My car. <laughs> my that God. poor hapless car. That poor dude. Like, I felt bad for that shit. We got to tell that fucking story. So, fucking Marty, one of the bartenders, Marty, like, goes into the bathroom to take a shit. And Stuart, the bathroom attendant's in there. Marty's like, so I'm sitting in the toilet. He's like, all of a sudden, a whole frozen pizza, a whole pizza comes <laughs> under the stall, like, on the side of me. And I just hear Stuart's voice go, you want a slice, Marty? And he's like, no, Stuart, get the goddamn pizza out of the... Like, oh, Marty was so angry. Yeah, so, like, Marty was taking a shit in a whole-ass pizza game underneath the stall, the stall wall. And he's like, you want a slice, Marty? Like, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. All right, we got to tell the fucking stew story. So this goes back to, I was actually, I think I was DJing and a floor host at the time. So this is my early years of Silk. And uh, so there's this guy that's there and he comes up to me and he goes, hey, he goes, can you help me out? He goes, I was at the stage. He goes, in one pocket, I have singles. In another pocket, I have large bills. He goes, I was tipping the girl on stage. He's like, I didn't realize I gave her all of my large bills instead of my singles. And he shows it to me and I was like, I was like, look, dude, I was like, I doubt she's going to give it back to you. I was like, but I'll ask. So I go in the back and I'm like, hey, Katrina. I was like, listen, I was like, that guy give you like a couple hundred bucks while you're on stage. And she's like, no, he didn't give me anything. And I was like, all right, yeah, you fucking did. I was like, so I was Again, like, how dare you say strippers lie? How fucking dare you? So I go, I go, are you sure you don't want to give it back? I was like, it was a total accident, but you know, you don't have to. And she's like, he didn't, he didn't, he gave me like $13. I was like, okay, whatever. So I come back out and I was like, Hey dude, I was like, she said you just gave him, gave her singles. I was like, I, I don't know what to tell you. And he's getting livid at this point. And I was like, look, man, I was like, it's not our responsibility for your money. You're responsible for your money. So on and so forth. I'm trying to be as polite to him as possible. I was like, look, I was like, at the worst dude, I'm like, I can comp you a drink. I was like, I know it doesn't make anything better, but maybe it puts you in the right direction. And the dude gets pissed. And he storms off and he gets out. Now at this point, it's a shift change. So like some, like I, I was, in, so you were Florence. I was in the booth that day. Yeah. So you were the DJ. Schnocky was coming in. Yeah. Schnocky was coming in to do the the nighttime DJ. Sandals. And then Schnocky Jason. Sandals. And then Jason. Jason had just got there. Jason had got on for Florida. Yeah. And I, I just, I told him what had happened and he was like, well, you were right. He's like, there's nothing you could do about it. If she doesn't want to give the money back, we can't do anything. So at this point, like, I don't know who the fuck told us this, but all of a sudden, like someone comes up to us and like, hey, there's a semi out in the parking lot just smashing into fucking cars. Straight twisted metal. Yeah. And I was like, what? Jason and I go out there and this guy is full bore like unhooked his fucking trailer and is doing fucking bumper cars carnage in the fucking parking lot of silk. And I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, 
it's a fucking semi truck. I'm like, what the fuck? I do we lie, do? It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking rad. Ten, like, not a ten. <laughs> you're like, hold on, I gotta go change songs. I'll be right back. <laughs> no, I put on like some like eight minute Deftone song. I was like, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Porsche was real happy with me when I got in that, <laughs> from that. So the, the kicker was, so this dude and like we're tr- like we're trying to do what we can, not getting in front of the fucking semi truck, being like, dude, fucking stop, stop what you're fucking doing. Schnaki, who is like trying to like watch what's going on, like takes one of his fucking flip flops off and launches it at the window, <laughs> and we're like, Schnaki, what the fuck <laughs> was that gonna do? And he's like, I thought it was gonna stop him. We're like, you fucking moron. So I watched that video of him throwing that sandal like eight times. Like it was so great. And by eight times I mean a hundred. He just watches that sandal at this at a at a out of control semi rig. You wanna take over from here? On the story? No, about Stuart's car? No, and I was going to say, about, do we go into the chase that we did with this guy? No, let's leave that out. Okay. It's kind of irrelevant. Like, it actually, does, it's irrelevant. It is funny, though, because we went from city to highway, city to highway, chasing this guy. And it was one of those where, like, we need you to connect us with the sheriff's department. And then we'd get on the phone with the sheriff's department. And the sheriff's department were like, where are you right now? We're like, we're in Menominee Falls. We're going to connect you with Menominee Falls Police Department. We're like, God damn it. Yeah, how far did you chase that guy? You guys chased that guy out. Too. We chased him to Main Street. Uh, in Menominee Falls over by EVS and that's when he finally tipped over his uh, his semi that shit was wild and then at that point the cops finally showed up and we were ready to fucking beat the shit out of the guy we're like you fucking assholes took forever now you're fucking here anyway that shit was wild that was awesome so anyway no I think about that story a lot I tell that story a lot actually dude there's nothing crazier like early 20s gun in your lap fucking chasing down a fucking highway doing 110 with ferraro trying to chase some fucking dude that just smashed up every car in your fucking parking lot that was fucking wild um but so all the carnage afterwards we're trying to figure out what the hell was going on and and get a list of what had happened now Stu, the bartender the the bathroom attendant who slid a pizza under the fucking shitter to fucking marty had been working there for about three months and he had been getting rides from people so on and so forth to get him back and forth and whatnot and he had finally saved up enough money to buy a car and he didn't even have plates on it yet and he comes out and he sees his fucking car is completely fucking totaled by the way this dude hit a lot of cars with the semi but when it came to stewart's literally <laughs> the three or four cars on one side untouched the three cars on the other side untouched it was just stewart's car <laughs> Just, just singled him out. Just yeah, like legit <laughs> singled him the fuck out. Crushed his shit. Like oh, I just remember the look on it. Oh, that poor dude. And you see, you just saw the look on his face, like fuck. As okay, I could. This could be like how sometimes stories take on like different. Like you have different memories about the reality of it. But why do I seem to remember that no one told him right away? Like, wasn't it, like, a situation where, like, eh, let's just let him work for a while and, like, then let him down easy? Like, I feel like he didn't know right away. I could be wrong on that. I think you might be right. I mean, because that, dude, that sounds like... like John was like, don't tell him. I need a bathroom attendant tonight. So we're like, all right. And and he got outside. Oh, what happened? Like, oh, that semi must have hit it. You didn't know? Fuck, dude. I wonder whose car that was. (laughs) 
God damn, I felt bad for him after that, man. Didn't, didn't we put some money together for him so he could like try and like buy a new one or something? No, Craig was probably too busy passing the hat around for the dancer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forgot what the fuck it was. Like a wheelchair or something for that fucking kid. It, no, it was uh, it was a lift. The, it was a minivan. Oh, lift. yeah, the minivan so lift. Chair. Yeah. So, <laughs> and the baby daddy broke it. Jesus Christ. He, he ate the story hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> And then, like, guilted us into giving money yeah. to this girl. He's like, oh, Parker, come on. You make you make good money. I'm like, Pff. I was like, dude, she don't tip that well. <laughs> oh, fuck. I remember then, like, I think it came out real quick that that money didn't go there either. And, yeah. Like, we all kind of bum-rushed Craig. We're like, yo, like. Like, there was a, a collective I'm, I'm fuck you. I'm going to need my two bucks back. <laughs> dude, he milked me for, like, 20 bucks. I was like, you cocksucker. <laughs> Fucking! I remember the one time Captain Craig used to do the remember the morning announcements or after close he would go up on the microphone and like he would tell people they did good and like he'd talk about the night make little jokes so like one night he goes up there and like I'm behind the bar and he's talking about the rules because like some some people had been breaking the rules lately on the club um, fraternizing with entertainers Mm -hmm. which was a no no so like he's like yeah like I'm starting to see it again I'm starting to notice it. And he's like, I want to point something out that somebody out that does a real good job with that though. He's like, take Lee for example behind the bar, and I'm just like, what? Like, and everyone, all the employees, just go like this, just do that, and look at me, and I'm like this. I'm just like sweating. I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. And he's like, for example, Lee, I see girls always talking to him and throwing themselves at him, and he is a pillar of stability in this club and does not break the rules. And I'm like smiling at him. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. And all the other employees are like, like literally covering their mouths, like trying to not to stitch me out. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I will murk you. you all. And Craig just keeps going on and it's getting uncomfortable. And I'm like, yeah, thanks Craig. Like, thanks. I'm wrapping up. Yeah. My morality and all that. And all the employees are so mad. Like literally just like, no, he doesn't. Like, <laughs> like yeah, that was I love. I the was, only re- the only reason why that stuck out in his head. What was that fucking chick that was supposed to be the hottest chick from every '80s video? Jenna. Jenna. Jenna was like fucking gift wrapping that shit and throwing like a. Frozen I mean, I, I'm gonna you. admit something. I did have dinner with her at PF Chang's once. <laughs> you took that bitch to PF Chang's. I wanted fucking orange chicken, so I went to PF Chang's. But that was it. Like time I mean, out. Did, did, you ma- did, did she dominate you? Did she make you go get PF Chang's? No, no. I was like, let's meet at PF Chang's, like oh. right down by Mayfair. Wait, wait, wait. Did she? Buy? I was real big in little lettuce wraps back then too. Like those lettuce wraps are fire. No, did she buy? Ooh, I want to say yeah. Okay, totally worth it then. <laughs> and I tried to like not, nah, but she like I don't remember what happened. But yeah, like but no, like no, I wasn't into her. But I was like, I'll have dinner with her, whatever. Like cool. I really wanted orange chicken. But yeah, Craig like thought that was like that I turned her down. That it was like some great thing. I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't sleep with like third hand Lita Ford from the eighties. <laughs> like sweet. Like, Jesus Christ. Who was wait? Who was probably the best venture for out there or between all the clubs? Say it again. So like, um, I'm trying to think of my best accomplishment. Oh, my my first fucking porn star. The remember the first time I had, I had to do a feature duty. Yeah, that one was mine. What which one? I'll I'll tell my story. You tell you guys go ahead and tell yours. Uh, I got a couple. Cass like, pleading the fifth. Oh, you fucking. Dick. I mean, like you did like, fuck Lisa Ann, didn't you? You fucking dick. Pleading the fifth. I like... Fuck you. I was hoping you'd tell that fucking story. You fucking jackass. 
My mom's listening, dude. She ain't listening. You're, we told her. You're probably right. She's probably not listening. We told her I to mean, tune out. You're telling that Lisa Ann story. I have personal accomplishments, I would say. Like, like along the range of, like, like luck. Like, let's just break it down. Like, when you're growing up as, like, an adolescent boy, there are certain women that are, you know, objectified or whatever because they're fucking beautiful. So, like, when you actually get to that level and you somehow manage to hook up with a very beautiful girl, like, it's, it's an accomplishment. Like, yeah. I've got a few of them, and oh, you don't want to fucking share? Thank God, women are not visual creatures. Like, thank God. Like, well, yeah, I've seen you with your shirt off. Oof. Hey, I'm fucking getting fucking better. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I don't know. Like, I, I, let's put it this way. And I'm saying I'm trying to be respectful, actually, like for a second on this podcast of like talking about our shitty old lives. Like, I was pretty lucky in that place. Yeah, no shit, dude. Like, I mean, here's the thing: there isn't. There isn't much, how, how do I put this? There is accomplishments when you're at like a celebrity level. Yeah. That Which m- is like, it ain't, that's just telling it how it is. Like that's real. Like that, anyone that says otherwise is a liar. Like, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Those make sense. But when you're a bartender, when you're a DJ and you have the same type of um, access. Okay. So let's put it this way. I can actually, I can sum this up really good. Okay. I'm Eskimo Brothers with Kid Rock. So, like... You too? Yeah, yeah like... <laughs> yeah, Kid Rock is fucking Kid Rock. But I'm talking, like, Kid Rock when Kid Rock was big. Like, yeah. Kid Rock was, like, fucking ruled the rock and roll world. Like, so, therefore, I'm going to say, oh, if Kid Rock slept with this person, like, I must be doing pretty good for myself. Like, at the time, I'm saying, like... I later... Find this. Not I have a few other famous Eskimo Brothers that I'm not proud of but that I won't even say. <laughs> I was told after we had went to the concert that was Eskimo Brothers with the front man... Uh, from the offspring, and I was like, "You fuck that guy." I was like, it's "Better than Smash Mouth." <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, I will say this: that wasn't even a girl that worked at Silk. I was like, "What, really?" I was like, "God damn!" I remember we went to the Kid Rock concert for oh my yeah birthday that night. No, no, wait, it was that... my birthday. Because your birthday present to me was like inviting every ex that I couldn't stand at the time, and they all showed up. Oh, dude, that's right. I put you under the fucking. And I was like, I remember this always this day. I've had some. People I've dated do some pretty disgusting things behind my back or in front of me too. Mm-hmm. But I'll never, ever, ever get out of my mind one of my exes taking her shoes off at the rave barefoot and watching the show barefoot and walking around the rave barefoot. Like Ew. that literally like like all like the bad shit I know that people is. have done to me. <laughs> Seeing her do that was like horrifying. I was like, I was in love with this girl and she's walking around with her shoes off in the rave i was like mortified like i felt so embarrassed (laughs) (laughs) there was a photo that i I found um when i was i was trying to find the photo for the podcast cover for today and i had to go through like old photos and shit like that there is a photo from when we took 30 people to go see velvet revolver for one of my birthdays i want to say that was the chico's fight night was that the night that we got into that big food fight? No, it was a different night. Because I didn't do the Velvet Rover, but I did the Chico's fight. You did? Okay. Fuck. Yeah, we took 30 people to go see Velvet Revolver. That was some... Dude, that was... Like, I think back on that, and I'm like, dude, I got 30 free tickets to take as many people as I want to go see Velvet Revolver well, for my birthday. You could take 30 people. Well, I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you get what I'm saying. You. I, you get what I I'm fucking saying. I before Bobby did. Oh, like... Bobby's got like a 10 second delay. Um, Bobby just said, you. 
Yeah, that's yeah. I'll always remember that. Like I've forgotten a lot of the fucked up shit that's been done, but yeah, her taking her shoes off. Ugh. Shout out to that person too, Cass. I just saw that. Uh, that's that's impossible because otherwise Bobby wouldn't be able to hear us. Yeah, it's back up. Okay, it might have just been a dropout. Okay, um, sorry, we we might have had some audio issues that we were trying to communicate and figure out, but um, it's probably not a bad thing. <laughs> it's just dropping out at certain yeah. points for certain stories. <laughs> All right, are you guys? Who is willing to give their best estimated number of how many during this club years? Uh, abortions or <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, fuck. There was, I mean, I remember there was a point when I, I had like, ugh. this is, this is hard to admit. Hopefully my uh, my girlfriend's dad isn't watching. I remember there was a point that I was juggling seven different women at one summer. I remember and, one time I had a stage of six. I had a six stage top. And I remember, I remember when I ended it with all of them. I was dating this girl. Or I met this girl who wasn't in the industry. And I was like, this girl's really cool, so on and so forth. And I slowly started backtracking away from all the girls and so on and so forth. And I remember at one point, the like I'd, I was getting, we were getting ready at my house, and I threw on a pair of jeans, and I was like, "What the fuck's in the back pocket?" And like I, I like unbuttoned it, opened it up, pulled out a pair of underwear and shoved it back in, and then like beelined it to the bathroom. And as soon as I came out of the bathroom, she was standing right at the door, and she was like, "What'd you just do?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "What'd you just do? You're hiding something." And I was like, "No, I'm not." And she's like, "What'd you just do?" And I like rolled my eyes, and I was like, "I told you." I was like, "I was." dating a couple of people before you and i like literally couple, two three seven <laughs> i open up the cabinet and like lift up a uh, lift up a towel and pull out a pair of underwear and she's like no shit she's like you really were getting around before me weren't you and i was like yeah she's like just throw them out she's like don't let it ruin our night and i was like and that's it don't let it ruin our night said no girl ever <laughs> fuck you should have stayed with her that's a keeper nah, she moved back to eau claire she didn't want anything to do with milwaukee you met you met her. I'll name? tell you, I'll tell you her name. Well, okay. yeah, oh, I'll fine. tell you her, I'll tell you her name off air. But yeah, this sucks though because I like I didn't talk to her for like I didn't talk to her for years after that. And then like I, out of the blue, she emailed me and I was like I was dating someone at the time and I was like mm, ignore. I just uh, remember the numbers thing like when Casey likes to refer to my pill days as my Viking conquest days. <laughs> <laughs> When I used to just pillage on painkillers, like I don't even. Like, I still remember you, like you crushing one up in a glass in front of me, Craig and John, and I was like, "Does anyone else not see this?" Yep, yeah, just take an oxy, crush it up in a glass, put a little water or vodka in, it, and just drink it on down. And I was like, "All right," I was like, "This must be normal." I was like, "I have no idea what the fuck's going on," but all right. So the five hundred to a thousand dollar a week capital duty, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, are you serious? Oh yeah, for a better part of two years. So. 52 weeks out of the year, a thousand bucks, 500 to a thousand a week. If I still had was stocked up from the thousand dollar a week, it'd be less like the next week. Jesus. Fucking that Christ. was like oxy eighties, forties, twenties, Vicodin, Percocet, like whatever I get my hands on. Oh, you're a regular fucking future. Oh, I was, my I was, yeah, I was bad. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. High functioning though, but yeah. Bad. I wouldn't necessarily call it high functioning. Yeah, so like that's the thing about pills is like you think you're like this like 
you think you're like this run and gun smooth fucking <laughs> making shit happen motherfucker and like to everybody else you're like what is this fucking imbecile doing <laughs> like like some fear and loathing type shit and then thankfully to my friend Aaron she said if you don't get off pills I'm gonna tell your parents and I'm gonna tell the bosses in right I was like ooh she's like you got one week and I was like I fucking love Aaron. I see her all the time now. You, if you're training at night, you'll see her and her With kids. The kids yeah. yeah, I talked. We we message a lot. Um, yeah, she's awesome. Oh, which reminds me, uh, shout out to Tony Lopez. Uh, Tony Junior is doing jujitsu and wrestling with us. Nice. Yeah, uh, he's trained like he's doing Friday nights with Rafion and stuff like that. In fact, uh, I'm gonna have Rafion on here pretty soon. He's got his fight, I think, this Friday. Yeah. And I was gonna have him on next Sunday. But we figured out it was Mother's Day, and he's like, "Yo, he's like, he's like the child of my mother will kill me, so that shit ain't happening." The so mother of his child, mother of his child, child. Of his mother. <laughs> yeah. Who's the child? Of, he's the child of his mother. Wait, did I say that backwards? My bad. I just keep seeing how you keep fucking up my camera, and I'm like, "Bitch, you keep fucking up my angles. I'm gonna reach across this table." <laughs> I deserve it. Anyway, um, where are we at now? Oh, dude, we did an hour forty already. God damn, dude. You guys got any more, you got any more stories you want to tell before we wrap this up? I think we broke like a good boundary talking about some stuff that we didn't last time, but next time I think we should go full bore. Like I'll just tell all my stories. I don't give a fuck. I'm trying to think if there's any other good ones I wanted to tell before I left. All five people that listen to this know I'm a degenerate or I was a degenerate. Uh, we lost. I always it. say was because like I'm really not anymore. Yeah, my mom turned it off. She goes, "All right, I'm not listening to this to you guys talk about." I'm like in good. I'm like in Goodfellas when like. At the end, when like Leona's giving that speech, like I live out in the fucking suburbs. The other day I ordered, the other day I ordered pasta or spaghetti, and it was just nothing but noodles and marinara. Like that's me now. Like all this old shit, this life I live that like going to Vegas and standing on fucking tables in nightclubs, screaming at LeBron James, and, like hanging with Floyd Mayweather, like all that shit. Like that existed in a universe that wasn't reality. Like. When we were at the club, it wasn't reality. We lived a life that, like, isn't fucking real, and it's not sustainable. So, like, you get the most in in that time when you're there. Hope you don't die, go to jail, have a kid in a fucked up situation or whatever, and then you get out. And then your life is never, like, your life's never the same. Because once you're out of that life, you don't, like, it's never the same. You don't have access. You don't have access to the things you had access to when you were in that life. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm, I'm literally, like, after that, like... I mean, I still had fun and I was still degenerate, but like now, like I said, it's like Ray Liotta. Like when he, when he goes into witness protection, leaves him off. He's like, I'm a, I'm a nobody now. Like I just fucking live out in the suburbs and I order noodles and marinara. <laughs> <laughs> Cass, what was your favorite time from the entire, the entire silk experience? Probably how awfully fucking great Vegas was for us. How much fun we did have, but how awful everything was like set the fuck up. Dude, everything was. Everything was a disaster. And Damn. Everything, and everything just turned into a fucking disaster. You know, the thing that, that's never come up out of that, um, so to, to try and set the story up a little bit, <clears throat> there was a general manager that was given to us um, from Mike Rose uh, when we did the collaboration between Silk and Gold Club. Um, and they sent, or Mike had sent out one of his managers, this guy named Tam. 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 Was he and, from like South? Or he was, was he from Carolina, right? Was that South Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, South yeah. Carolina. He was a good dude. I liked him. Well, not after this fucking story. So, um, one of the big things about TM was the fact that how do I put this? He loved horse, like literal 
whores. Like you like you don't pay them for sex, you pay them to fucking leave. Where was my trigger alert on that? Yeah. Um or the fact that like after I'd left I'd found out that he was like smoking crack with one of our waitresses in the fucking bathroom and shit like that. No, that's not so bad. <laughs> that's not so bad. Um what was the other one? But the part that had never like really been explored at all was the fact that like he had this like quick demise out of nowhere. Um he had he had eventually stayed out in Vegas and I think he worked for a different club out there at that point obviously cuz the gold club was around. He had brought some so according to his roommate he had brought some girl home at yeah, some Yeah, they point. watched the ring camera on that camera I remember. Yeah. That. Yep. And she took his car and fucked off with it and then the car was never found and he had died at that point as well but his phone was also missing too um he was supposed to come here and be like one of the managers for one of the clubs i forgot how all the details worked out but that was another one where he like he would just that was another dude that just fucking oh i mean the lifestyle would catch up with you so fast like like if you like you either you either make it out or you don't like i like Go ahead and I'll like I'll give you my like most sad story out of the fucking club that I remember. Like I guess I guess like I remember there was a point where we were at the house and he was bringing a girl home and I was like, "Hey, dude!" I was like, "That's a hooker." And he's like, "Yeah." Well, he's like, and he's just being Tim. And he's like, "I was like, hey, Tim." I'm like, I don't know if I need to point this out to you. I was like, "There's a couple of thousand dollars worth of like lighting, DJ, like sound equipment." just sitting in our living room. I go, do you think it's a good idea to bring a stranger here? We have a couple of tens of thousands of dollars of lights and shit like that sitting in our house and, you know, having someone just casually walk by. I was like, dude, I was like, you're not being very smart. So it was one of those that when the story came out, I was like, okay, this makes sense because the dude was kind of careless, but it was one of those two that I'm like, fuck, you felt bad for him. But it was like, dude, you just made bad decisions on a regular fucking basis. Absolutely. I mean, I'll always remember to the day I die. Like, you talk about, like, getting wrapped. Like like I said, you get wrapped. Like, any person that walks through those doors, bartender, dancer, whatever. Like, you come in there thinking, oh, I'm coming here just for the money. I'm going to do a good job. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to get the fuck out. I'm not going to get wrapped up in the life. Well, guess what? That's fucking impossible. You get wrapped up in the life. You get wrapped up fast. Like, you, you can't fucking avoid it. So, i always remember there was this girl, real young looking. And, like, she comes in, and I remember they're all showing her the ropes, whatever, and she, like, comes up to the bar and gets a soda. And I was like, hey, like, how you doing? She's like, oh, I'm nervous. my first night, blah, blah, blah. So kind of, like, look after this kid. Like, kind of just keep an eye on her. Like, not really intruding, but just whatever. So, like, as time goes on, like, she's getting more comfortable. You know, she's coming on stage. Doesn't look like a fucking baby giraffe trying to walk. Like, you know, she's getting good at shit. And one night she's leaving, and she's like, oh, she's like, I got to, like, a month in. She's like, oh, I got to go to school tomorrow. I'm like, I'm so tired. I was like, oh, like, where do you go? Like, MATC, UW, whatever. She's like, no. She's like, north. And I was like, fuck, you mean north? She's like, Waukesha North. I was like, you're still in high school? She's like, yeah, like, I turned 18 in, like, December. I graduate this spring, you know, whatever. I just want to make money. So I was like, okay. I'm like, be careful. Like, how's school going? She's like, oh, good, whatever. And this is, like, in, like, March, right? So she's got, like, a few months left. So now, literally, in this, within the next two, three months, she drops out of school before she has like a month till graduation, picks up a drug drug habit, pill habit, like completely is a fuck up in the club, like coming in late, like all fucked up. And she's like 18. So she's still there. I leave for Juno. We all leave for Juno. 
she's still there. Like I said, high school dropout, just kind of a mess. And like, you just can't tell her nothing. Like she got caught up in life right away. Fast forward, like a year. I remember I, I asked Scotty rock, Scotty rock, check this for me. It was a year and two months to the day that she had started working there. They found her in a hotel room. She was 19 at the time. Her 54 year old boyfriend, they had their arms, their wrists tied together with rope and they OD'd on pills together in a, in a hotel room bed. Like this was in a year and two months, this fresh faced, almost graduating high school kid got caught up in the life that fast and fucking dead at 19. Like that's the, like, that's the reality. Like it doesn't, that's not common, but when you multiply that between all the clubs in, in the country, that shit is common. Like you get wrapped up fast. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's common for, for every club. I will say this, um, being able to, like I stepped away from Silk for a couple of years and I mostly just worked in Chicago. Um, the two venues I worked at, I didn't see that. But it was also one of those things that I've had this conversation with other DJs uh, in different states where there's there's one or two ways that, that entertainers look at this, this lifestyle. And it's one of those where there's a plan. This is a means to an end to get me somewhere. But you can also tell like they take what they're doing not with a passion, but with a level of seriousness. Like they make sure that they're eating right. They make sure that they're sleeping right. They're not, you know, they're not in here to drink. They're in here to make money, so on and so forth. They're in the gym, you know, five, six days a week, making sure they're taking care of themselves. Like there's a number of girls that stick out in my head oh, yeah, in Chicago. I, that I, have I mean, this... I, I, a ton here I remember. Like yep. not a ton, but like there were ones that like legitimate when you hear the old adage like i'm doing this to pay myself to school like that's real like that's real like i've, I've seen girls do it i personally know a marquette log law grad who started with us who is practicing law right now who i see on a regular basis that was literally a girl who paid for school i have a ton i don't have a ton of story huh oh <laughs> i literally have maybe a handful of those stories from milwaukee but i have a ton of those for chicago um the other side of that is, is that there is no plan. There is keep going, keep going, keep going, and just see what happens. Rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah. And I see that more and more in Milwaukee than I do in any other city where, and I don't know if it's because of our culture connected to drinking, that there just isn't a motivation to do better. But I see that here a lot where it's like, so what's your game plan? And there isn't one where it's like, you don't have a game plan. Like you don't know where you're going. No, I'm just, I'm trying to get a better apartment. I'm trying to get a better car. I'm trying to do this. I'm like, so you're investing in depreciating assets. Like you're not investing anything into yourself. Like as far as school or a business or something else. Oh, I don't have time for that. Like my boyfriend takes up a lot of my time. Like you hear that a lot. It just fucking, it bothers me. Well, cause you know where it's going to go. Well, exactly. But I see that more so in Milwaukee. Well, I should say more so in Wisconsin. Because Chicago, it was a different story. Vegas, it was a different story. I wonder why. It's a, be, it's. I'm sure I could figure. We could figure it out. But I wonder why. That's interesting. The depression of Wisconsin. I mean, it's probably a big part of it. Actually, like this. Well, I mean, but Chicago, like, I mean, you have the same weather and shit like that. So, like, I don't know. It's. It'd be interesting to look into. But I know. I know what you're saying, and I believe that. There's. There's a lifestyle that's chased, more so in Wisconsin, where it's like. I know girls that were making 
tens of thousands a night in Chicago and drove a Kia. You That's know what I mean? Smart. Or like when you had conversations with them about investments, they were like, <sighs> oh, I got this mutual fund. I'm doing 13% on annually. And like, I mean, I know girls that were making $5,000 a night that couldn't pay their fucking rent when the first hit. Exactly. Like, and it's just one Our of those. Exes being two of them. No back shit. In the, back in the days. I told that girl. and Who lived together. Yeah. I told, I told the both of them. I was like, you two can retire in two years. I was like, you can literally put enough money in the bank and live off the interest. I was like, if you stopped partying for two fucking years and stopped trying to chase whatever the fuck it is that you're chasing. I, I never understood it. I now like now I do. I understand it. It's that like it's it's not chasing something, but it's just like Pat. It's I get it. Now. I now I get it. Like I understand what leads to that lifestyle and I understand what why people go down that road. And that's why like I'm way more sympathetic and not judgmental now. Like I get why. I get it. Speaking of partying, are we gonna go visit Hicks and Omar? We could. You guys want to do? You know what? No, just thinking about this real quick before you set off. I think you should get a few girls on here. I've debated it. I, I want to use. I mean, here's the thing. I want to grab the right ones. Uh, number one, I actually, I, I realized the other day I haven't had any girls in the podcast. Uh, the first girl, if oh, fuck, this would be a fucking horrible one for her to watch. I actually want to have Lindsay K on here first. Oh, Which, that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, because the amount of traveling that she does and being able to work remote, well, she's been working remotely since before the pandemic. And I think she would be a really interesting talk of number one, she's traveled the world for the last couple of years now. I think she's lived in other countries longer than she's lived in her own house. Um, I think having a conversation with her about living abroad, I mean, fuck, trying to have a relationship when you're gone for six months out of the year, when you're like, Fuck it, I can't be here. Try to have one when you're here for six months. <laughs> no, <laughs> or try having it. one if you live in Waukesha for six months. <laughs> no shit, dude. <laughs> but um, I hate Waukesha. But yeah, I, I it's clear you do. So so just to just to kind of sum this up, I want to have her be the first girl on here to talk to her. I think because she would set a really high bar for everyone else. But excuse me, as far as girls go, I really want to hand select. Like I I want good representation of. I want something that's smart and a good representation. Yeah, but like at the same time, that doesn't necessarily make good. Like, I don't know. I think you should go off the cuff and have, okay, hand pick one and then throw a Hail Mary on the other. Fuck it. Why not? Kind of like we do with us. You get like, yeah. like Coach Scott in here and then you have us two fucking idiots. Like, I legit would, because like, like if we're going to tell our bullshit stripper stories and like all and club stories, like kind of be cool to have their perspective, like, and let them say why they, and like, what led to that and like, I mean, I already know the answer to that, but like, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to have on tape. Yeah, I'm, I I'd have to think it over a little bit, but I have I have put it to thought. I also debated about doing an OnlyFans one where I was like, I'm just gonna put this shit up there and just interview girls on OnlyFans too. Like, I had a couple ideas I had like shot around. You brought up Coach Kush. You know, we never even talked about the last UFC fight, and I was like, hey, take notes, watch it, take notes. Yeah. I watched uh, as much as I could from being in the middle of nowhere, but dude, that fucking last card was just fucking amazing, dude. Shout out to Thug Rose, fucking knocking oh, out John Whaley. Shit was nobody does nobody deserves that more than dude, her. She is like that legit. switch kick. I was so like great. welling in my eyes when she was like, "I'm the best." I was like, "Oh man!" I started welling up. Yeah, I was like, legit. That made that like moment was so great when she was in the ring. Pat's crying. like, "Who's the best? You're the who's the motherfucking best?" 
They should I'll make like legit. They'll make a movie about her someday, probably. Like she'd be good for that. Like like a twenty for twenty or thirty for thirty, whatever they do. I'll tell you what, man. You try telling that story to Hollywood, they go, nah, that's 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 too Cinderella story. But it was a real fucking story though. Your girl loses her fucking title in a freak fucking way. Gets fucking slammed by. Uh, well, Andrade. I mean, just her whole story. Like I think her whole story is good. Yeah, start from like, the beginning. I I mean, I am making an assumption when I say this, but like. I'd have to imagine her work ethic outweighs her talent. Does that make sense? So, like, I think her work ethic makes her the fighter she is. I don't think it was necessarily a lot of natural-born talent at it. I don't know, man. Do you see how that switch kick landed? That's fucking talent. No, no, I'm not saying talent, but, work, but the work ethic got her there. Like, got that switch kick. I don't know, like, I don't think she, I, like, I'd be willing to bet she outworks a lot of people. She's got, she's got two things in her corner. Uh, number one, she has the experience of Pat, who's known her since she was 14, 15 years old, that he took her under a wing at a really young age, showed her the rope, so on and so forth. And then you, on the other side of that, too, you have a guy who's honestly up for probably coach of the year this early, and that's Trevor Whitman. Right. Um, you have someone who's really smart, who reads fighters and just flat out said, he goes, Zhang Wei Li doesn't have great head movement whatsoever. And you see where, I don't know if she misread it, but it was one of those that she thought was going to be an inside leg kick. And you saw her like yep. bring her leg out or bring her leg in and just get real straight. And then you just see that leg go right up and knocked her right out. Wait, okay. So like, here's like how serious I think she takes this is like, and I, again, I could be way off, but this is just, just an observation. Her hair, like if she had longer hair, Think about how much more market when if she had her hair again, right? Mm-hmm. Think about how much marketable she is. Like legit. Like I think she's beautiful with the hair shave, but like let's look at this in reality. Like she still has her head shaved because she's about that life. She fights. That's like why she's there. She ain't there to like fucking the the whole head side shave deals for her looks. The whole head shave thing came up because it was a a fight between her and um PVZ. They that they're both going to shave their heads for a fight. And then Paige Van Zant backed out of shaving her head. And I think it was because she was going on Dancing with the Stars. But they were both well, supposed to do it at the same time. She, no, she had her head shaved before PVZ, I'm pretty sure. They were both, they were, this was, I'd have to take a look, but I want to say it was, I'm assuming, it was like five years ago. I'm yeah. assuming Thug won that fight against PVZ. Yeah. Like handedly. It was a five rounder. Um, I think it went to decision. But she, that was, but that was before she, like, there was, there was a switch that hit with, with Rose where, she went from going to a five round fucking scrap with with PVZ, where by the way she pieced her the fuck up all five of those rounds. I remember watching that over at the gym, to where she knocks out, uh, Joanna jo- jo- Joanna twice, and then fucking switch kick knocks out fucking Zhang Wei Li. Like, there's 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 a there's a pivot that happened in her career, and I I'm telling you it's Trevor Whitman. Um, and the homie Chico Camus. Yeah, yeah, Chico, yeah. Chico's, Chico, yep. Chico's has made a lot of noise about the fact that he's very much he wants to coach, and you know this is a big, that's a big success for him. You know, being behind that and being in a great camp like that, that's a lot for him to learn. And especially you're working with a guy like Trevor Whitman. It's a great mind and fighting to work with. Um, where was I going to go with this? Um, and you got to keep in mind too, Rose. You, you, dude, she's got ten, that was her tenth win under her belt, dude. She's a ten and four fucking fighter, dude, and she's just 
I'm, she's I'm, amazing. She's I'm my telling you right favorite now, favorite female fighter, hands down. I'm telling you right now, I think she's just getting started. I think you're going to see a, a long reign. Um, the problem is, is this is where's the competition that in that weight class now? Because it's it's between Joanna and uh, Zhang Wei Li. I don't see anyone else coming up in that division. That's. I mean, I think uh, tough to say. Yeah, I agree. You, you know, what do you do with because she's? I don't think she cuts a ton of weight. No, and she and the you you go all right, so maybe take her up to one twenty five to fight um, uh, Blanchik. Uh, she fought Valentina. Uh, well, her and Valentina are, cha- are teammates. They're never gonna fight. You want to see a, that? You want to see that fight? Go to their gym. That'd be an interesting fight, though. Fuck. You can watch that fight anytime those two are sparring each other. That was that was the ongoing joke with uh, TJ and Uriah when they were under the same camp. You want to see us fight? You can watch us in the gym. The snake in the grass. <laughs> you just got a snake in the grass. He just pulled out of his fight, too. Yeah, TJ got hurt. He was something. supposed to fight uh, Sanhagen. Dude, what happened with Diego Sanchez and all that crazy shit with his coach or, or whatever? So did you... Oh, fuck. There's a lot. They, like, they cut him. They gave him a fucking... His show bonus, a win bonus. Like, just sent him on his way. Sent him, like, all right... So uh, I I ha- I'd have to look up to tell you what the coach's name is. Fab Fab Faba Fabia. Fa- yeah, Faba something or another. Um, Dana White in the last press conference su- summed it up really well, where he was like, "Look, he goes, there are people in this industry that are gonna just leech onto you." And he goes, "The guy who is who is uh, Diego's coach right now is leeching onto him and using him and and and." basically getting his name out there. Um, there was an interview. Um, it was when Luke Thomas was on XM. Luke Thomas does a live on air uh, interview with Diego Sanchez. And you can hear in the background, Diego's coach, like kind of like kind of coaching him through the interview, so on and so forth. And then Luke at some point addresses the coach. And it was like, so I hear that this is going on, so on and so forth. And then Diego starts dropping bombshells where he's like, yeah, he's like, so how I met my coach was I was at a bar one night and we went outside and we fought. And then this dude, like, he's like, he chased me around with a knife. Now, mind you, I'm not I'm not telling the story 100 percent accurately on how these guys met. He goes, he chased me around with a knife and taught me how to fight someone off with a knife. So on and so forth. He's the best coach ever, blah, blah, blah. And you can. It's like some hillbilly shit. It, it's it's the weirdest fucking shit ever. Where it eventually gets to the point where Luke is like, so your coach is there with you, right? And he goes, yeah. So he gets on the phone with the coach. And the coach talks about how he's teaching Diego the five-finger death punch. And how, <laughs> how the reason why Diego is so successful right now is because of the fact that his unconventional style of training and coaching is what's keeping Diego ahead and is what's going to make him a champion, even though he's late in his career. Um, And it's one of the, I listened to it live as it was happening. And it was one of the most skin crawling interviews I've ever heard in my life. It sounds insane. It was so, it was so insane that Luke had 
had taken a break and he had talked to him a little bit off air and tried to like make sense of everything and realize that no, this guy is really that far out in left field. If I recall correctly, you can pull this up on YouTube. Luke Thomas. This is fucking Steven Seagal coaching him? Like <laughs> it, essentially essentially that's what it boils down to is that it's someone like that who is really full of themselves. Where Diego was talking about the unconventional training that they do, where it's like like this guy will chase him around the gym with a fucking knife and shit like that. And there's like all this fucked up shit. Uh, Dana White had said, he goes, look, he goes, we don't want anything to do with this guy. You know, this guy's in, he was coming into the broadcast, like uh, when they would have the broadcast meetings for like Rogan and uh, John Anik and DC and all them. Well, this fucking Sanchez's coach would come in and be like, you're going to say this about Diego. You're going to mention me here. You're going to do this. So on and so forth. So because of this guy, Diego got cut from the UFC. It's probably a good wow. thing. I don't know if you could take anywhere head trauma, especially from fucking Cowboy. For real. For real. So I mean, you need a head trauma. It's fucking second hand Jesus getting knocked in the next week. Holy ooh. shit. Man. Oh, Dude, he kept dropping his left hand. And I was like, that dude's throwing just right hand haymakers and you're keeping your left hand down. Like, oh, you're going to get caught. Usman punched that block and then just fucking. Pulled the hand down. <gasps> yeah, just. Because he went jab, pulled the hand, and then over the top. Yeah, just fucking dropped him. And that's another dude. That's another Trevor Whit- Trevor Whitman. Trevor Whitman has improved uh, Marty from Nebraska uh, amazingly. He's got the fucking jab that he just pumps like a goddamn piston dude, now. Like and he's actually, he's knocking like dudes out. I like watching Marty from Nebraska fight now. Like I didn't before, but I like watching him now. Well, he's finishing guys. That's one. And number two, I you can make an argument. Over the last couple of years, or over here, we'll say since the GSP era. Okay. Who's the best welterweight? Here, here, here here's here's your choices. Okay. GSP, Johnny Hendricks, uh, Robbie Lawler, Tyron Woodley, Kamaru Usman. Who's the best out of those five? GSP. You mean to tell me? GSP? Tyron Woodley, in my opinion, until Usman beats his, until Usman beats, uh, his champion, his run, which Usman's what getting close probably. He's already, is he at four already? Yeah, um, twice over. Uh, Masvidal, uh, once over Woodley. Well, Woodley doesn't count because that was Burns. Burns, and I want to say there's another one in there. I mean, Usman. Here's here's what I'll say. Usman will be the best welterweight. Here's here's what I'll say. Um, I'm gonna address you first, GSP. Um, I thought about that. Two, and Two-time and, champion, regaining his belt before the age of 26, the youngest fighter ever, and gone up a weight class and got the belt there, too. Here's what was he fighting? I can't remember. The that. level of competition, I think, is different. Matt, so, okay, for the time, you're saying that Matt Hughes isn't good competition? Uh, he's Matt a wrestler. Good competition, or, let's see, who else here, has put just a, be beaten? Put, here, I'll say yeah. this. Put Matt Hughes against Kamaru Usman, both at their peaks. Who wins? Two different, totally different styles. That's like saying... Oh, Kamaru Usman that's like him. That's like saying, okay, well, I'm, since, I'm saying, since Hoist Gracie fought in a no-way class situation, that's like Hoist Gracie versus John Jones. That makes two totally different times of stylistic in the way that the game has evolved. That's what I'm, that's what I'm alluding to, is that there's evolution to the game. Uh, and, and I thought about this. And, Let's and he, let Usman retire, then come back up weight class and beat the shit out of somebody like... Ooh, I don't know. Was it Michael Bisbing? Dude, Bisbing barely won that fucking fight with uh, Dan. Uh, um, 
Hendo. I thought Hendo won that fight. And Hendo was ranked 13th at the time. Hendo, you're talking about when he barely beat Anderson Silva, right? Anderson Silva, like, had him knocked out, and then he, like, came back alive. Dude, he knocked him out in the second fucking round. With that knee right at the end of the fucking round. My point being is this, is that you tell me that you put GSP against the same level of competition. Here, you put GSP against Woodley. Who wins that fight? Who, I, two different things, man. Woodley's a beast. You know the the know. wood the Woodley that beat Damian Maya the Woodley that beat Wonderboy Thompson I'm telling you right now beats GSP. Let's let Usman go up a weight class after retiring and and win and then we'll see. So here we put so him up. The, the guy the guy he's gone through the top competition and he's what four and zero with the belt. I mean, you go up one eighty five. You have him fight Stylebender. Man, Which will never I, happen because they're buddies. Yeah, I was dude. You know what? In that hypothetical fight. I take Kamaro. His striking's not that good. Really? Because he just knocked out Street Jesus. With an overhand right. Just baptized. With his hand down. You're telling me that his stand was better than fucking Stylebender's? All right, cool. Just knocked out uh, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is a fucking big dude, though. That's true. There you go. That's true. I think we're fucking, we're killing God. everyone. Yeah, we're, all right. I think yeah. we're killing everyone. What was the last one on that fight? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Subche- um, Valentina. Subchenko. Yeah, I, I saw that one coming. I hate to say it, guys, but I gotta get going. Yeah, I was gonna wrap this up anyway. We started fucking just rambling about MMA shit. But uh, listen, guys, uh, you guys are the first guests to come back on, make their fucking second appearance. This is a blast. Uh, you guys got way more comfortable this time. Think about the next time. Shit. Shit. Yeah. Tune in next time, folks. Listen, um, once again, folks, don't forget, uh, two weeks from now, uh, UFC 262. Uh, that'll be for the light heavyweight title. Uh, Michael Chandler versus... Uh, who am I thinking of here? I got to check my fucking notes. All uh, I can know is Nate Diaz is back. That's all I care about. Oliveira, Chandler. Stockton, motherfucker. Edwards versus uh, fucking uh, Diaz. Um, Diaz, baby. Nate Diaz. I was gonna say. Uh, you have to tell that story about how we almost fought all those dudes in Vegas. Oh Jesus! By the way, I was we'll, thinking we'll wait I was, for another day when we I was almost that. a Royal Rumble on the casino floor. I was thinking about that today. Stockton versus Milwaukee on the fucking you. Mandalay Bay floor, baby. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that today. Story today on the way here, and I was like, gonna say like, I love you guys, but I want a quick jump ship and just yeah. smack one of you. <laughs> just, just stole on one of you, quick jump <laughs> to the other side, just. <laughs> <laughs> Just him yeah. rapping, just stuck, dude. I, I met the Diaz boys. They're fucking cool. They're fucking nice. But that day was fucking, I had, we do, it was Anthony. We had, Anthony's the homie. We got to have his fucking back before we had their fucking back. Fucking. You guys, uh, I remember Duke telling us right Duke, you're like, I was like, I'll come out of retirement. Like, <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm breaking necks. <laughs> that was a, that was a crazy fucking day. Who was, it was the Diaz brothers and who the fuck was with him? Who was Jake it? Shields. It's Jake Shields. I hate yeah. that. I, I fucking, fucking hate Jake. Yeah, fuck Jake. Knock his fucking fuck horse Jake. teeth out. Jake Shields, if you're listening, fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden we get a comment like, we'll bust your head on that roulette table, bitch. <laughs> yeah, fuck Jake Shields. Fuck Jake Shields. What's he gonna do? Fucking rear naked choke me? Fuck you, asshole. Dude, he's got, he's got legit jets, but. Fuck uh, him. Fuck him. Lee would sit there and watch instead of kicking dude in the face. Thanks, asshole. I'm out of here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, legit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's the podcast. Uh, we will see you next week. Um, we will have one of a couple of possible guests to be on. Uh, hopefully, maybe Dr. Carrie will have her on next week talking about uh, all the Ooh. dogs that she's been re- re- rescuing in Bali. So until next week, uh, we will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Mahalo. Bye, guys.